And we're back with another Black Window Cream podcast. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. It's currently 8.23 p.m. Sunday evening, November 19th, 2017. And this is actually the first time I've ever recorded a podcast and released it on the same day. My schedule's been super insane, which has made it difficult to get ahead of the game and record uh, episodes in advance. But shout out to my homie JR for fitting me into his schedule, stopping in and chop it up. If this is your first time tuning into the Black Window Cream podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black Window Cream stand for? Black Window Cream is a content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of my army. We're a private group on Facebook, open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos or if you're a photographer, if you're marketing, management, editing, dancing, blah, 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 blah. All creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members. We actually just hit 1,000 or 1,100, I think we're at now, which is sick. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join the group if you want by going to blackwindowcream.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. Today I have my homie JR Strickland on. JR is one of the illest VFX artists, editors, directors that I know. We had the chance to work together on several projects when I moved to LA. He's created an insane path for himself. It's been cool to watch him grow. He shares the story of using Premiere when he was six years old. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then how he was rejected in college of an opportunity to create a short film and spend a semester in L.A., which forced him to boss up on his skill set in Chicago and crush there until he was then able to move to L.A. and work with some of the biggest names in the music industry and start his own VFX company. His story is super incredible. You're going to want to listen to this. This shit tight. If you're interested in supporting Black Window Cream, please go to blackwindowcream.com slash merch. We have hats, shirts, stickers, pins, and shit. They're all available in the store. I appreciate anyone who picks up some merch, but if you don't have the funds, I fucking get it. There's a Another way you can support, share the link to the podcast with as many homies as you can. The more people that hear it, the better. And hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Every review helps. It helps me learn. It helps me figure out how to make this shit better. I appreciate it. I know a lot of people like to skip over the intros of podcasts and get to the actual interview. If you're not one of those people, that means that you know that I like to do giveaways and contests for my listeners. Last week, I gave away some free Black Window Cream merch. Before that, I think I gave away some coffee and shit. This past weekend, I hung out with EA Sports in Venice Beach. They were here promoting NBA Live 18 and had me come film whatever I wanted, so I made a vlog. They also gave me eight copies of NBA Live 18 to like give away so if you're trying to get some games and play me on live and understand that i'm shitty at the game but i'll still fuck you up go to the vlog there's a link in the description i explain how to do it in the video and you can enter to win some free copies of nba live 18 you have until december 1st to enter that contest good luck and that is it enjoy the fucking work week keep creating make sure to tune in every sunday for a new black window cream podcast and without further ado i bring to you my interview with jr and the most epic podcast intro ever created, right motherfucking now! Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah! You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding, you won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes <gasps> to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. All right, we're back. Another Black with No Cream podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring out my good motherfucking homie, J.R. Strickland. What up? <sighs> the crowd goes motherfucking You could just crazy. add the sound. The No, it's too no. much work. Okay. I don't like to do any post work. Just post, <laughs> post the bitch. Let them hear it. 
JR is the man. JR is credited as a editor, VFX artist, businessman, fucking life liver. <laughs> what would you say? What would you say? What are your credits like that? Um, I mean, that's pretty fair. Uh, and I'm directing something coming up, so that should be pretty exciting. Director, CEO. <clears throat> It's weird saying all the all the all the credit. No, I know. Artist. JR is a humble guy. JR is a very very talented person. Um, we met uh, two and two and a half years ago. Yeah, two and man. a half years ago. Um, and it's been a ride since then. And JR's got an incredible story. He's been through all the shit. He's worked with artists artists like Big Sean. You worked with Trey Songs. You worked with name them all off real quick. Just give me like four. <laughs> give me a four or five. Uh. Well, like Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, Ariana Grande, okay, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, um, and done projects for a lot of people. Oh yeah, and we got you got to throw Bon Jovi in there. Bon uh, motherfucking Jovi. Yeah, cause that's uh that was one of my goals too. So he just flexed on you. You heard it first. Jr's done it all. That's why he's a good subject for this shit. Um, I'm excited, man. This is gonna be fun. I I just want to like go through your life. Let's hear where, you know, JR comes from Chicago. Yeah. We were basically born and raised five hours away from each other, but didn't know each other until we were much older. Just <laughs> yeah. fucked up because we would have tore, tore up everything if we were kids working together. Oh, but yeah. That would have been crazy. Chicago. How was that growing up? Uh, it was cool. I was in the, from the suburbs, so people in Chicago get mad at me if I said Chicago. From the but, suburbs. But uh, Bolingbrook, southwest suburbs. Mm. Um, but then I went to school at Columbia. Uh, downtown. No, we're not getting there yet. Don't start telling me about the. F- I want to go back to no, being but a I'm, child. I'm, I'm saying that because I still can say I'm from Chicago. Oh, okay, right I got you. I see you. But yeah, uh, being a child was kind of dope. I remember uh, going into Best Buy with my dad and seeing a video camera and like zooming in and out because they used to have the cameras all on display, the VHS cameras. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was dope to press zoom and like zoom out. And I just had an idea <laughs> of like, yes, and just like zooming into something green and then pulling back and like it's grass or something like that. I was right. like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then when I would go and see like at Jewel Osco, they used to have, it was a grocery store. They used to have like miniatures. And every time we went into the store, I used to just stare at the miniature the fuck's like, a miniature? city. Like a miniature town, like with train. Not It didn't have trains, but it was just a miniature town. Like the little Christmas layout. Yeah. That they would but do. it was big. And for some reason, I just always used to look at it. What store is this? What kind of store is this? Like a grocery store? Or yeah, it's a grocery store. I don't know why uh-huh. they had it. They don't have it anymore. Okay, cool. But yeah, I used to just look at that. So like my brain was always thinking of like, oh man, this would be dope if I can use this miniature and make it look like a, a camera going over it and make it look like a drone. Hell now, yeah. now you just use real drones. Right. And, and you weren't shit. even thinking drone back then. Hell, these shots. No. <laughs> you didn't even know how the camera got through that shit. Yeah. And so because my dad was a nerd and had worked with computers before a lot of people, um, I just picked up the video camera and just started started learning. How old were what do you remember? I was like six, five. six. Yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy. I went through my own revolution because I could only do black and white with no sound at first. Mm. And then I had to figure out how to do sound and then I had to figure out how to do color. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So So you went through it all. Yep. Damn, that's tight. I remember having VHS tapes and like trying to sit there and Make sure you don't record over the project you just shot. But it was it was dope because my dad worked with computers, so all my we all had a computer. So like I had Adobe when I was six years old. I had Shut Premiere. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been. When with you were six. Yeah. How six. old are you right now? Thirty-one. What the fuck? You had a fucking pr- or uh, Photoshop I that had pr- early? I had Premiere, and it was a uh, Premiere one point five. Yep. What was that like? Uh, it was. 
it was nice because I would watch this show called Movie Magic, and they showed the behind the scenes on like how to make movies. And I used to get annoyed because on Sundays was Movie Magic for kids. Yeah, and I was way too advanced for that. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is just so. What like that really was like? Corn. The, that they were like tutorials. They're like teaching you things about making movies. They showed like Hocus Pocus. Pocus at the time they showed uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kid or Multiplicity. And they they would show how they did all of these VFX. Damn, that's really fucking in the tight. movies. So I would watch the movies, and I would go on premiere, and I would try to re recreate it. Damn. So you were you making like movie like movies with your friends back then? Oh yeah, my all the storylines were like Evil Twin. Yeah. So I'll do a split screen and have somebody throw a ball at the other person. Like even my mom would act in it. Really? Yeah, I'd have them walk in there, just throw a ball, and then they'll catch it. But it would be no cuts. It would be the one continuous shot and i'll do a split screen so all this is credited to just getting that chance to play with the fucking camera basically like to see a zoom to see like these miniature sets to like your imagination just started like flourishing were you drawing and shit when you're in in grade school yeah i think i think the thing is when you're that young there's none of this added stuff about being an artist you know what i mean it's not how much am i going to make off this it's not how many people are going to see it is it good or not yeah you're just like i just want to do it because it's dope right you know what i mean Damn, I remember when we had we me and my friend would like paint our faces like green with like green and oh, blue yeah. paint, and oh, we yeah. would paint our faces to be like aliens. Yeah, and then we would film these short films where we would like run around. And I was there was one time I was riding, <laughs> so we would paint our face, but we wanted to shoot the shit real quick, but it was too wet, so we would take our bikes and ride around the block and to dry your face off quickly. Right. So I remember riding and it was like getting so hard on my face and it just felt so fucking good. I like shut my eyes and I'm just like kind of coasting, you know, and just like yeah. I don't know, just feeling the moment. Went up the curb and smoked this fucking tree. Oh wow. Like super wow. hard. So then the shit got all messed up and I was pr- I don't remember if I got hurt real bad or wow. not, whatever, but yeah, we'd shoot these little films and I don't remember what the fuck we did with them. But we shot oh. mad films. Yeah, and they were so like I had if I had YouTube back then, oh my God. it would have been crazy cuz the, the audience was just my family and friends who came over and they'd be like, "Yo, A, he's a nerd." Yep. And be like he's going to do something with it. But it was it was pretty good for that. Well, I think it's age. interesting that people say that all the time. Like mm-hmm. in our generation right now, it's if we had YouTube then. Right. And I think everyone reflects like that cuz it was it's just a different time. Like kids are getting famous when they're 16 years old now. Right. Which is insane, but they just have unlimited access to people and viewership so it's just easy to hit upload which is funny though because i wonder if i got if i had youtube back then i know like i would have been ahead of the curve but did i do i want that shit to be no exactly (laughs) and and it makes you think like we do have access to stuff now so you can't get too caught up in right but it's just amazing to think like i didn't really have an outlet for it it just wasn't it just wasn't there i used to do kids news so we used to do a news show and the bulls we used to um talk about the bulls every night and what happened and I do the so I'll do the graphics so we'll talk about sports so I did the graphics for all the NBA teams basically like and that's how I kind of learned how to do graphics as well so shit you get into high school were you doing this have you high school did, I actually like took a break from it I was going to say when did it become like a thing for you like well I knew thing? I wanted to go to Columbia College in Chicago so I'm like I'm going to an art school but for some reason in high school, I pretty much just start focusing on basketball. And then I was like, um, I really didn't record videos that much. And I just kind of picked it back up after high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's what were you doing? In, what did you do in high school? Sports and shit? Were you- I, did, I did sports. Like I was really like, my grandfather's a pastor. So back then I was like really religious and all in the, in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was just like, I, I, it was a pretty busy schedule, but I think it was mainly because of the dedication to basketball, hmm. you know. But, but once I knew that uh, I wasn't going to go to the NBA, and then I got like a offer for a small school, but they didn't have video programs there, so I'm like, I gotta do. I gotta just go to Columbia. Just so everyone understands, <coughs> if you're listening to this in audio format, and if I ever release this video, uh, Jr. is tall as fuck. How, how tall are you? I'm like six three and a half. Six three. He could he could have done <coughs> pretty six, good six, in four. basketball. I don't know how tall be, these guys are now. Are they taller than that? Uh, well, it was weird because back then they'll say you know you need to be taller, like you're tall. But then when I went to a basketball camp, I was like one of the shorter ones. Really? There. Yeah. Damn, that's weird. All of this stuff, like talking about it, makes you kind of think about how to live your life later on. You know what I mean? Like if I, I listen to so many people say I'm tall that I didn't realize that I, you know what I mean? That I could have played whatever position I wanted. Well, I just am selfish and I'm short. And when I play basketball, I just figured if a tall fucking guy had the basketball, there's no excuse for you not to put your fingers up by the rim and put the ball in the hoop. Well, but then they'll get mad at me because I kept going back and shooting threes. But I was like, I don't want to go uh, down yeah, low. I want to fade like, away. Yeah, I want to go <laughs> go to the three point line. So then what? You go to you you do get into Columbia right away. Or? I got into Columbia. It was pretty easy, like honestly, to get in. Uh, but I could have went to other schools. And now thinking back on it, I probably would have went to another school or just moved to LA. Why? Because I, I talked about this like yesterday to somebody. Schools are kind of behind when it comes to art. They, they can't the, – the technology moves so fast, especially now, that there's no way for the curriculum to keep keep up with what's going on. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? So we were shooting things with Bolex, 16-millimeter films at school, but at home I've been editing on my computer since I was six. And then for some of the, um, some of the festivals in school or the contests, we weren't allowed to edit at home and enter the contest. You had to edit with – the software that they had there, right. which I think was maybe Avid or Final Cut. Um, so it was just like, I'm ready to get into the narrative part of it, mm-hmm. and I'm being held back. I have to wait a semester before we can even touch a camera. Fuck and then that. the whole reason I went there, because I wanted to do the semester in L.A., yeah, and I wanted to do the directing, the, the practicum. So at the end of the year, at the end of your term in college, you shoot a short film, and I thought I was going to be an intern on CBS Lot. So I got the grades. Like I had over a 3.0. I took all the directing classes. I applied to get in those classes, and they rejected me in both of them. Huh. So I almost didn't major with a concentration in directing. I had to, like, tell them, look, I did everything. I got, like, all the classes. I applied to the right thing. And there's like, you're still not accepted to the uh, internship, and you're not able to do the short Film. what the fuck and i told them and 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 i argued with the guy like one of the man heads of the department i, I don't you know me i don't mm-hmm. i don't care I argue with anybody um yeah and he he emailed me he's like this is exactly why we didn't pick you and you feel entitled and nobody owes you anything you got that email saved yeah i gotta say that's somebody, tight. I, yeah and uh but that was a huge lesson because it really is like you can do everything you think is right and they still Still might not give it to you. Yeah, of Nobody course. Nobody owes you anything. But it's also funny if you look at it now, because now you feel like your your perspective on shit shifts. Because back then you wanted to go to college for three things: to be do some CBS shit, to shoot a short film, and to play with the gear. And I mean, you could do all of that <laughs> without going to a fucking university, exactly. giving thousands. Because I'm assu- I'm assuming Columbia is expensive. Yeah, uh, it's like pretty pricey school. 
it's pricey in relationship to if I would have just shot a film or moved out here and yeah. started out. But my sister's an attorney, my other sister in business, and my other sister is a teacher. And like for all three of those things, I, you know, by and large, I would want them to be educated, mm-hmm. especially, you know, she's an attorney. She had to pass the bar. Whatever. But in terms, nobody really asked me what school I went to out here. Ever. Uh, it's more about there was a lot of people at that school that also thought that school was going to put them on. So you're in this community with people that want to create and want to, to do things. Right. The networking value at that school is amazing. Everybody says that. But for art, nah, I no. don't know. But at least you, I mean, you're in an arena where you have access to shit. You can create as much as you want. It's up to you how hard you want to go and how hard you want to study. But by the time two years pass, that shit's old news. There's a bunch of new shit that just came out. There's so much more to learn. You're never going to stop learning. So as far as like going there to learn something, if you don't know anything about film or yeah. anything about directing or whatever it is, school can at least introduce you to it but it might be old they might be introducing you to old shit it was frustrating for me because i've been doing it since i was six and it felt more for people that didn't really know for sure right you know what i mean it's like i think i want to be a director or producer or they don't really know if you don't really know it's a good opportunity to kind of dabble your way into all the departments and Mm kind of learn even if you want to be a producer it's kind of dope going but as far as the artists yeah we had to take a poetry class well i took a poetry class as one of the electives and every day somebody did a report on a poet right right but in all the bios none of the poets went to school for poetry that's fucking hilarious you know what i mean so i'm like we're studying poets like if you want to be a poet you don't go to school for poetry you experience life right you go through life and you express it Wow. So that's like the bar that I got from that. And it's crazy too because when I'm in um, out here, like you said, no one ever asks you which school you go to. Yeah. They'll say, did you go to school for this? And I always oh, say, yeah. nah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool. But they don't say like, hey, which film school did you go to? They never ask that question. Right. So it's like, I remember wanting to spend so much money to go to film school. I thought that was the answer. I couldn't wait. I was like, they have a bunch of cameras. I can use all that shit. I didn't yeah, have access yeah. to it. Nope, yeah. can't do it. So I go to regular school and buy my own shit and try yeah. to learn on my own. You know what I mean? But yeah. damn, so that's incredible. What, as you graduate college, were you, because I remember when you talked about this, you said you started doing a bunch of shit on your own right. in Chicago and you started kind of crushing it, right? You were working with a bunch of different people doing yeah. like, uh, yeah. what was the main business? Was it editing, VFX? Um, Web we, design too, right? Yeah, we, we got in as a sneak. We got in through the websites and then we'll parlay that into like working on the other projects, especially with MySpace back I was going to say MySpace back, yeah, like MySpace, layouts and, and shit. And since we could code, it's like, hey, we'll do your MySpace layout. Um, and then it'll be like, all right, don't. And then we'll parlay that to other kind what of kind of client, like What kind of clients? Like music? Musicians? Yeah, and, and this was still while I was in school. So it got really frustrating because I would have meetings and like leaving class to handle these meetings or going up to the radio station and uh and now i have to like finish school but my grandma really wanted me to finish but some of the clients were like that was when diddy had making the band making his uh, the band and uh will from day 26 i ended up i was in class with uh his brother and then we made that connection so i did one of his videos after that then i had knew the radio uh personality there leon rogers he's still there actually uh and then leon rogers and terrell taylor which was willie's brother we we were at this event and he introduced me to Malik Youssef. Mm-hmm. Malik Youssef was uh, with Good Music, so it was Malik Youssef, uh, and so we started working with him on his project. Then he introduced me to somebody else. So it was like 
all of these connections were coming through, and I realized how small of a market Chicago really is. But we got in because of the, yeah, uh, the network the design. The and, but like that's design. crazy too. How you one job leads to the next job, and people ask that all the time. How do I get my clients? How do I get my Instagram following up and shit? I'm like. Have more friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it. Have more motherfucking friends. Like, that's all. That's like the main key. And you talk about going to school, the networking is key. So just make friends. If you're going to be there, make friends. You but, know? but towards the end of my school, I was commuting. And on that commute in the morning, sometimes I was just sleep the whole way. But I decided to start reading every morning on, yeah. that, on that train ride. And I read a couple books. It was Russell Simmons' Do You and Google, the Google story. Hmm. So every day you're indoctrinating your mind with this mindset of what they did and when you kind of follow that as a roadmap it really does help you so a lot of times people reach out and they ask me for advice or whatever it's more like educating yourself i'm not against education sometimes formal education is not always the best education right but you you have to educate yourself yeah you know what i mean so by reading the google story and seeing how they started their company do you a couple other um videos and biographies that I study, I was able to make these moves. Now, the thing that I failed at was I wasn't good at finishing the gigs. Mm. I became an expert gig getter. <laughs> and like we the did shittiest not, closer on yeah, it. We, we, yeah. How so? Bad. Like what's the example? Like what do you mean? Well, we got in over our head a lot. We promised a lot and we tried to do everything ourselves from scratch. Who's and, we? You have uh, a partner? Oh yeah, my partner villain. At the time. Okay. So we tried to do everything from scratch. So it was like, we don't need WordPress. We'll build our own platform. So we're literally like trying to use either Drupal or build our own thing. And now looking back on it, we should have just used WordPress <laughs> and called it a day. Yeah. You know, I think our ego and our pride kind of got in the way as opposed to just landing the gig. And especially when you're a perfectionist, I, th- I think I really learned now how to say, okay, get in. Get out, do a good job, but don't try to do such a great job mm. that you fail mm-hmm. completely. You know so, what I mean? So, what, what was the time frame when uh, you showed me a piece where Dell, was it Dell that had you on like a, a special? Oh, Windows? It was Windows. Yeah. What was that? Because you were, that's, this is how JR is crushing right out here in Chicago. Windows wants some of JR. Oh, yeah. It was crazy because we built our office and the office was in the, like my dad's basement. Well, not basement, but like the downstairs. And, Villain ended up living with me, so shout out to my dad who who let him live over there. Crazy. And uh, we got rid of the bed. It was like, we don't want to sleep. Like, we, we'll sleep later. We'll sleep on the floor. We'll sleep on the couch. We need an office. So we flipped two rooms into an office. And, you know, when you work from home, you watch a lot of home and garden television. Okay. And uh, so I learned how to kind of, like, design interior design. So we flipped the offices, painted everything, had a theme, and we'll have people come in and out. And uh, I did a music video, a spec music video, and I did the color on it. And I reached out to the company that I used to do the color system with. Okay. It was a simulate. And I was like, hey, I used your, I used your program on my short film. And it was like, oh, this looks amazing. We want to do a case study on you. What the fuck? So I was like, dope. I did the case study. And then it was like, you're really funny. Like, you got a really good personality. We want you to do a webinar. I was like, cool. So I did a webinar, reached people from all around the world. It was crazy. From your office? Is this yeah. you and your partner? Is this no, this is, like, this is like me. Something you were webinar. just doing. Yeah. And then once I did the webinar and I met and I was cool with the guys at Assimilate, they was like, hey, we got this project with Windows. 
and um, Surface Pro. This is like the first Surface Damn. they ever made. And it's like, we want you to be one of the featured artists. We're going to fly you to New York. They're going to launch the Surface Pro, and then you're going to talk about like how you use it on all your stuff. And it's like, we're going to fly out to Bolingbrook, and we're going to do a short little video on you. That video is still uh, online, right? Using it. Yep. Yeah. It should be. Yep. Damn. So a little spokesman. Yeah, so I was like <laughs> like in front of the camera. That's pretty now. crazy though. How old are you like? Well, the craziest part was we had a bootleg version of Windows really? at the time. Like we had PCs, but we had a bootleg version of something. So while they were there, like the screen showed up like boop, you're using an illegal version. Damn. <laughs> version of Windows. They're like, Yeah, we're gonna hook you up with this. It was kind of embarrassing. Damn, I remember um I don't think I ever paid for any program until the cloud started oh yeah you know what i mean like every adobe (laughs) software i would rip everything yeah rip 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 and then they started doing the cloud shit it got harder to steal it and then eventually (laughs) but at the same time i was like finally starting to make some money and like knew that i needed to you know well i I tell people now because of because of the cloud system you know and it's like what like 50 dollars a month for Mm -hmm. everything if you're trying to this is was in the war of art too the hobby versus you know your profession if you're a professional in this, you should be able to get $50 a month for the software. Right. So if you can't afford the software, if it's a hobby or you're still trying to learn to figure it out, like educational version or whatever you got to do. But when you're saying like, I'm a professional video maker, if you can't do at least one project a month that could get you $50, then you really need to reevaluate, you know, your business. Yeah. Plan, Pro- your professional business or not. I always find workarounds. So <laughs> if you don't want to listen to JR's advice, listen to my advice, find a homie Well, it pushes has, you to charge people too. Yeah, but find someone who has a student discount and just get that shit a little oh, bit cheaper. Yeah, whatever you got to do to like, <laughs> whatever you got to do. But at some point, if this is your Not profession, sure. you got to, like that's the bare, because there's a whole nother tier of money making out here. But if the, the bare minimum is like, you should be able to, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it. it's a great investment, and yeah. and that's definitely gonna catapult you. Once you know you're able to do that, the sky's the limit. Because yeah. now you understand how to budget properly and and raise. Yeah, the you're funds. like you're like I'm a chef, but I can't afford the food or the knives. Like, yeah, yeah. No, so you, there's fucked. one even a flyer. You do one flyer for somebody fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get a template for a couple bucks. Flip it. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So so then you moved to L.A. What what made you move out here? I've been trying to move since I thought I was going to get the semester in L.A. And every year it was, like, later and later. I was like, I'm going to move next year. I'm going to move next year. And, like, it took till I was 27 till I finally moved out here. But what what ended up happening that you didn't get to go to L.A. from the semester? What do you mean? Because they didn't accept me in the program. And that oh, was going right. to be me coming to L.A., doing an internship, and then staying here. Dude, I fucking love podcasts because <laughs> every time I do a podcast, every creative is very similar because really? I'm in, when I'm in college, I remember – and I don't know if I told this story on here before, but like at, they had this like seminar and I think it was on a weekend and I right. was like fucking hot because they're like, you have to come in on Saturday, otherwise you, get, you lose 50 points and right. blah, blah, blah. And so you, you're basically forced to go to this shit. So I come in and it's like a workshop. There's all these like local like – editors and video people mm-hmm. and they have all these companies and they're talking to get you motivated and look it's like career shit you know yeah and i was like this is lame i don't want to do any of this shit and i'm sitting in the in the workshops and they had the keynote speaker and the keynote speaker was this, i don't i don't i gotta look this up to find out who he was 
but someone that came from my college that moved out to LA, did mm-hmm. the whole shit, slept in his car, whatever. I think he got on like E News mm-hmm. or something. He popped off on E News. And so he start he turned around, became successful and offered back to the kids if you came and wrote like a reason why you deserve this and submit your reel and do all this shit, you can go to LA for a summer for an internship. Mm-hmm. And I was hyped. And, all, and <laughs> But you could only go as a senior, like you yeah, said. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, oh, fuck, I can't wait. My friends are going. They're coming back. I was on the red carpet. I saw this person. Yeah, I saw this person. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I'm like, this dude did it. Like, that's crazy. It was right. like the first time I realized that someone from Iowa pulled it off. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then uh, it came down to the program, and I submitted the shit, and we had to wait like a month to hear back. And within that month, something happened where he canceled it. Like, right. he couldn't do it that summer. And then that was it. Like, they just never did it again. I was oh, like, bro. Wow. So I didn't get to go ever, and I was like, dang. But that wasn't going to stop me. Well, yeah. We, we had this thing. My sister told me about it because she was a background on girlfriends. Like, her – she moved out here with her husband and kids, and they were doing, like, commercial gigs and things like that. And she was like, I saw my friend on the set, and he got into being a PA by this – organization that like hires just pas right so she's like you should you should reach out to them and they'll train you how to be a pa and then that could be your in to la wow and i was like okay i reached out to them apparently they they pride themselves on helping people that are underprivileged or are not exposed to the opportunities and i was overqualified <laughs> so they were like you went to school for this like you've been doing it since you were young yeah you're overqualified so i was underqualified and overqualified at the same time. It was so frustrating. Damn. And my sister was like, you got to play it up. You got to let them know, like, you know, your struggles to kind of try to get in. And uh, But, yeah, that was I was going to look to that to be one of my ends as well. Damn, so, just to become a PA, all that work. But I got punished for knowing what I wanted to do and going to school and trying to do it. Isn't that if, crazy? If I wanted – this guy played in the NFL and, like, decided he wanted to do video and got in the program. But since I, <laughs> that does not make sense. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what I mean. <laughs> so, so eventually you pull it off. You move to Los Angeles. It's your first time out there. Wait, we gotta. You know, this I'm is skipping like, a step. Yeah, because what gets you there? Because I know that on some of these stories, the hard part people go past really quick. Mm-hmm. But for people that are listening, it was not easy making the decision to move to LA. That's hard. No, it's intense too, especially <laughs> when you got your family. You have your friends. You have a business. yeah, and I had a like, and my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, so, so yeah, she that. was she would cry anytime I, we ever I ever mentioned L.A. She was like, because she wasn't going to move with me. Right. So between her not wanting me to move, like it was it was one of the hardest choices ever. But ironically, like Tyrese used to put out these inspirational videos. Right. And you know, being like, you got to make these jumps and you got to take these steps. And I was like, you know what? I got to go now. So I was working at a car dealership at the time. Doing what? Selling cars? No. Uh, they put a, uh, they had an ad for, um, we need a photographer and videographer. Oh, dope. I ended up just taking pictures of the car, so it wasn't. <laughs> no, but that's tight. My grandma thought I made it, though. I was hoping you were going to say your car wash, because I did a car wash. Oh, really? Just no. it was It was bad. I was not really that, they, they wanted somebody to just take pictures of the cars very quickly. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. And I was in there, like, in Lightroom, like, making it look super right. dope. And I was by myself, and it, it was just really it was just really tough. Damn. So in order to make that move, I finally, like, saved up enough money. Because I didn't even have a car before that. I had to, like, but I got my car from the car dealership, so I got a discount. Yeah. But I stacked up as much as I could, 
Uh, me and my partner had a falling out at the time, so like that was ending. I was like, you know what? You gotta just leave. And it was the winter, and I get seasonal affectiveness disorder. So like, when it's dark, you know how it is in Iowa. Yeah, and but it's what'd like, you just say? You get what? It's called sad. The acronym is SAD. No, you're lying. No, it's seasonal effectiveness disorder. So what, it's like a form of depression or something? It's a form of depression when you don't get enough sunlight when it's dark all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you're in like the Midwest and it's dark to like, it gets dark at 4 o'clock, yeah. and you're just, it, it's, I need to be around light. I need to be around sun. I knew I need to be like mm. out here. You know what I mean? Because people be like, I can't stand the cold. I'm leaving. Or some people are like, I don't like 9 to 5. So, but there are some people that can't do it. Yeah. It's not that they just don't like nine to fives. Their minds are creative and they just can't function in this environment. Right. I feel that. I'm a night person. Yeah. Hence why the VFX company is called Nocturnal. We'll get effects. to that later. Uh, but tough. like my grandma and my mom will always tell me like, go to sleep. I, I'm just going to lay there. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go to sleep. Like I'm a night person. Yeah. And you're fighting these instincts that are inside of you for no reason. Right. So I knew that I knew as terrified as I was to come to L.A., I thought about it as I'm a doctor and this place has a hospital that just opened and they need doctors. Hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid because I'm a doctor and I'm, I'm going to get a job there. People compare themselves to other maybe actors who aren't serious about acting or rappers who aren't really serious about rapping. The problem with our career is that you can just say you do it. You don't have to be good at it. You could just say you do it, and now they're in the equation of people that make it or fail. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I can't just say, I'm a doctor, and then I fail as a doctor, and that goes on the statistics on doctors who didn't make it. Right, right, right. So the, so the ratio of doctors that make it versus graduate is incredibly high. Yeah. Because there's a bar you have to do to graduate. Yeah. But the ratio of actors that make it or, you know what I mean, singers that make it, it's, it's lower because anybody could say they tried to do it. That's a very interesting outlook on that. That's tight. Now that now the ratio of people that are talented that make it or not is a lot closer to mm. what it is as a lawyer who passed the bar or a doctor who, who practices yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Damn. You know I mean? So when you, when you go to move, you talked about saving up the money, um, and that's very important. I always talk about budgeting yourself. Like Budgets are key. Otherwise, you're fucked if you cannot figure out how yeah. to – properly create a budget so for you what was it like did you your sister was already out in la she was out in la but we were doing that uh that was back when spec stuff was really popular okay we did like a couple mo films and we would shoot commercials and because i won i won one um that the, the the quick story is i was terrified to do it i'm sitting here like i need twenty five thousand dollars to shoot this because it's supposed to be Alexander Granville inventing the telephone. And I was like, I need like 25. And my friend was like, no, nah, bro, I think we could do it. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, I need a budget to do it. And then my girlfriend at the time was like, no, I think you could do it. I was like, all right. So we shot that and we did it for like maybe $300. And it was all green screen. It was like green screen then my dad's basement. I mean, it was at the point where I wanted him writing in front of the window so I put a green screen up and just green screen a window. Wow. You know what I mean? I went to the prop store, got a, a pigeon, because he takes a he takes a pigeon and he uses a carrier note and he sends it to his girlfriend across the balcony. And the all the exteriors were just green screen in my dad's house. That is then the light fun. we had broke. So I literally had a lamp 
as like my main light source. Savage. <laughs> Savage. Yeah, but it's when you get into the mindset of doing whatever you got to do to make it happen, like I don't know, things start kind of coming together. Well, that's crazy. Explain too what a spec is for most people. They there's some younger audience in here too that might not get what you're talking oh. about. Because back then that was super popping. Well, spec is like, look, uh, we're gonna get a whole bunch of people to do it for basically free, and then if they pick it up, then you get paid later. They might pick it up later. Yeah. So, so the, this company started, you know, they started paying people. Um, eventually, they started paying people to shoot it and give them a budget to work with. Mm-hmm. But it was a whole bunch of people submitting for the same thing. So mine was it has to be a better way. And I figured there has to be a better way to use a telephone. So there was a time before where there wasn't a telephone. And how did guys holler at girls without how did you I'm like how do you I'm like how did you get a, like what was the original like let me get your number? Wait, so is this is this out that video? Yeah, it's out it might be down now because it was like ten years ago. Damn. But it's out. I, I could put it up. Yeah, if I, I could find it, it I'll try to throw it in the show notes if anyone's trying to see yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll show you. All and right. and, and so you were doing this in in Iowa or uh, not Iowa. In Bolingbrook. Yeah, Bolingbrook. So you're shooting these spec commercials in Bolingbrook. But what what like was the situation you were planning on doing? Once you knew I'm going to LA, was it I'm gonna go stay with my sister? I'm gonna go get an apartment? What was it? Because then you have to decide the budget for yourself. Like if you realize you can't. Crash. Oh, I I was like I'm just gonna stack up with these commercials because once I won that and they flew me to South by Southwest, and that's by the way when I met the John Landau from Titanic, the uh, producer Titanic Avatar and um, Honey I Shrunk. At, South, at South by Southwest. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, because I'm rushing through shit. All right, you, right, right. I don't want to rush through shit. You you win this contest. What's what's the prize? You go to you you get like you get like eight grand, and then they fly you to South by Southwest, and then you compete with other people, and then like my commercial ended up winning. The, the short Damn. story is my commercial ended up winning, and then John Land, I was like, yo, like it was it was pretty dope, and I was like, I was just studying you a month ago. And I was at the point where I wanted to, like, I didn't think I could do this because I figured I needed 25 grand to shoot it. And you pulled it I, off. We pulled it off for, like, a couple hundred dollars. And now I'm sitting here talking to the producer from Titanic Damn. and Avatar. But, that's, yeah. That's crazy because uh, it's just reflecting. We talked about this earlier, but the, the kid that was just posting the Black Widow Cream in the right. private group. And this kid was just talking about how his mom passed away. And, right. and he's feeling very lost and shit and was kind of struggling with it. And he has no friends and all this stuff. And he used Black with No Cream as like an outlet to express himself. And he messaged me too. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy because my response to him was that he's like, I want to be creative and I wish more of you guys lived where I live so I could go be creative. And I was like, yo, fuck it. Those people will come later. I'm like, go take your phone yeah. and go outside yeah. and shoot something. Like, go make something. Yeah. And for you, yeah. it's like, it, it, that goes to show. If you don't think you have what it takes or you don't have the funds. Oh, I wasn't going to do it. You, he wasn't going to do it, but it, people it was, pushed yeah, him. Like, go do it. Enough. And yeah. look what happened. You fucking won. You met the dude that did fucking Titanic and shit. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and to that kid, because I saw that message too and I responded to him. Um, but I didn't tell him. Like, I lost my mom when I was 12. Mm. Yeah, my mom passed away when I was 12. Um, but what I realized when I was growing up was I wanted everybody – I wanted to be like Motown where everybody grew on the same block and they all kind of like made it together. You know, right. like, oh, we all were dope when we was kids. But like my friends didn't really play instruments. They acted in my stuff, but they weren't actors. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't have a lot of people that wanted to make films. I was like the only one. Yeah. Uh, but I realized that, and this is what I told, I responded on that message. 
Like not everybody makes it to the All Star game. Right. Like you represent your hometown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like we would love for everybody to come with us, but not everybody's meant to kind of come with you. Yeah. Like you're the dude from Iowa out here. Yeah. Like right now. You right. know what I mean? I'm the dude from like Bolingbrook. Uh and you have to boss up on your team until you get voted to the All-Star game and could compete and play with these other people. 100%. And then you have to boss up even more if you want to be on the Olympics. Yeah. So when I went to basketball camp in high school, the guy told us, um, somebody, a kid raised his hand and said, is it better to go to a school that's popular for basketball like so that you can get scholarships? And the guy said, the coach said, if you're really good, they will find you. Hell yeah. So if you think about it, if you're in the middle of nowhere in America, the middle of wherever, and you're putting up 30 points a game, somebody's going to come find you. Yep. You know what I mean? So there are places where people do get more exposure or whatnot, but if you're killing it and practicing and getting really good where you're at with what you're doing, somebody will find you, and then when you get thrown into the mix, because I noticed you're interviewing me, but for everybody listening – Ben was thrown into the mix, but Ben, like, would kill everything he was thrown his way. You know what I mean? So they'll be like, oh, we need somebody to to do this with the doc, or we need somebody to do this on the Chris Brown thing. And then Ben would be like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then Ben would be like, JR, come look at this. I'm like, bro, you killed that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I but that was all the stuff that Ben was doing Prepping. back in Iowa. Yeah, prepared for that. You I tell people to. it's the same thing that I was doing in Bolingbrook with my friend with the green screen, except now I'm not looking at my face. I'm looking at Chris Brown's face. You know what I mean? But it's the same thing. It's just not It's just not my friend in front of the thing. It's just Chris in front of the thing. That's a trip, huh? Yeah. That's yeah, fucking yeah. crazy, man. And I think that that just, it, pro- it, it all proves itself. It's, it's the same it. thing. It's, I think people think it's really different. It's the same thing, especially with technology nowadays and money-wise. It's, the, it's my laptop. You know what I mean? And the habits that I have are habits that I was using back at home. Mm-hmm. So when to work, what music do I listen to while I'm about to work, what snacks do I eat. I, I try to do the same thing and recreate the same environment as I did Every time. When, I was, when I was back there. And I think it's something interesting, too, is the hunger for shit because a lot of people feel like they're owed something. Yeah. Just because they made one video, just because they took one yeah. photo that was cool, they feel like, oh, no, nah, dog, I did this shit. Like, that's why I'm, I'm owed this. And it's like there's a difference between spending time and really truly building yourself up and practice versus just kind of trying to figure it out. And, oh, I watched a couple of tutorials and I did this for two months. That's why I'm, I'm a fucking master at it. No, right. I'm not a master at it. Like, yeah. I might have gotten here. To me, I got here late. To you, we got here late. Yeah, right? I got here We didn't get late. out to L.A. until we're 27, 28. Yeah, super late get out here when I'm 27 years old and I'm meeting kids that are like seeing my work like dog that's fucking crazy bro blah 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 how old are you because I just kind of look you know, right, right, sometimes right. unless I grow right. up my nasty creeper stash but they'll ask me how old I am and I, I'm like oh man I'm 27 I'm 28 now I'm 29 yeah. they're like damn are you serious I'm like I know how old are you you're like 19 aren't you 20 years old yeah you're crushing it I'm like you're lucky dog like I wish oh, yeah. I could have been in this arena then but I didn't but there's a reason why I'm doing things well right now it's because oh, I'm a yeah, seasoned of- motherfucking vet just not seasoned in this industry no exactly you know what I mean yeah no exactly when I when look now when when I moved out here I put everything in my car I, I saved up just enough till I figured I had a couple months rent and I was like I had too much pride in it. Like, I don't want to stay with my sister. I want to get my own place. Yep. But everybody's like, JR, you need help. And each year I try to follow something. And that was the year of 
accepting help because I try to do everything on myself about my own. Um, so I stayed with my sister for like a month uh, until I got my own place. And LA, I found out LA is really expensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Really expensive. Fuck it, I couldn't it. get a job. I applied places. Um, I was overqualified and underqualified. So applying to all the studios, couldn't get a job. Applying to like just driving around and going into places like Radio Shack or Starbucks, I could not get hired. When I moved out here, though, um, I, I had a couple rules that I told my grandma. I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to make a judgment on if I'm successful or not until I make every contact I ha- I can have until I have a place and until I have a job. So when she would ask me like, "Do you want to move back?" If I had one of those things missing, I'm not ready to evaluate if this is a success or not. Yeah, right. I need all those three things to kind of judge where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to meet with my friend uh, that I played basketball with in college named Cosine, and he was a producer. And it took him like six months to kind of meet with him. Finally, I I I I I messaged him again like, "Hey, bro, I know you you know you're busy, but." Can we just at least, like, I just want to meet. He's like, okay, come through right now. And I was up for 24 hours because I'm a night person. So right. it was 9 in the morning, and I was about to go to sleep. And he's like, come through right now. We'll go have lunch. I was like, Man. So I got up, cut my hair, went to meet with him, uh, met with his sister, had lunch, all of a sudden. Next day, he was like, you know, JR, I was looking for an assistant. I want you to be my assistant. Cosign. Yep. Explain who that is. He's a producer with the interns. They did uh, Big Sean. Uh, they did ask for Big Sean. They did um, Mims record, uh, and so they were kind of popping out here. Uh, and I, like I said, I knew him from Columbia because we played ball together. Mm. Uh, and I, I wanted to get in with music or film, and he gave me an opportunity. So I got a shout out to Cosign the interns. Uh, gave me an opportunity. I became his assistant. I was the worst assistant you can imagine. Why? I mean, the worst. Cause my swag was off. Like I'm in the I'm in the music business. They do hip hop. Like I don't wear like my shoes are bummy. My yeah. shoes are falling apart. It's like the worst, right? Yeah, it was. I didn't have any money. I didn't have like the swag I had back in Bolingbrook. I did not have out here. Right. I, you know, I didn't know how to how to move. I didn't have any confidence. And I'm a creative person, not a, you know, not. I need an assistant. I don't need to be somebody's mm-hmm. assistant. So there were times where we were driving. I ran out of gas. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to book his sister's flight home, and I accidentally booked it under his name instead of hers. Oh, she had to go home for a funeral. Oh, fuck. And they're in the car crying on the way to the airport. And, you know, they're like, I'm going to miss you, sister. I'll miss you, bro. And then, oh, fuck. You know, and then we get a call. She's like, I can't get on the plane. Uh, it's booked in the wrong name. No. So she had to stay, and she missed the funeral. Shut the fuck. Yeah, up. I did. Ho- I, I was horrible. I'm, when I would say I was a horrible assistant, you were it was really bad. bad. You no, were really, really shitty. Bad. Damn. But I had a couple values. One of the values. <laughs> yeah, please tell me what those were. One of the values were fuck. to be honest and like to be trustworthy mm-hmm. and to like admit when you mess up and you know tell. If I could do those things, I was good. So it's like you're horrible, but like I could trust you with getting money out of my bank account without thinking it's going to be right, missing, right, right. even though I didn't really have any money at yeah, the time. Yeah. So that experience was very humbling because I had to end up moving in, back in with my sister while I was getting that gig. And then he gets a phone call like, hey, bro, we uh, we, we got to work with Nicki Minaj. I was like, what? So now all of a sudden, I'm in the room with Nicki Minaj yeah. for four or five days. 
working on a record that turned out to be Anaconda. Wow. Yep. So I worked on that record for like four, I as an assistant, you know what I mean? But I was in the room and I was going home sleeping on my nephew's bed. I love that. Yeah. So I was sleeping on my your nephew's, nephew's bed. bed. Like yes. Your, your nephew's like three feet tall and you're sitting yeah. here, this tall ass dude with your feet down. Yeah. He was up. like, he was like in middle school. So it was like, mm. you know, like a 10 year old, like 12 year old. And, you know, it was Uncle JR coming home, going to sleep on the bed. Going back to work and in the studio with Because you weren't probably house. making any money, really, were nah, they? No, not like take, that. Nah. Just maybe they're kicking you lunch or something like that. Just yeah, and I ended up I ended up moving in with him to subsidize a lot of that. The, with cosine? The yeah. Oh, so then you were in the house, but still, like, no bread. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like, no, you couldn't stack up at all. No. Yeah, you couldn't stack up at all. Damn, so to put this into perspective, this man, because we yeah. talked about this before. I love yeah. this. I love this fucking story because I remember... <laughs> Talking to you about this and saying, like, the night, I remember the night I went and shot that shit with uh, Mary J and Taylor Swift. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, like, at Staples Center, and I'm shooting these superstars, and I'm right there backstage. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I moved I Hillary Duff out of the way <laughs> so I could get a shot. And then at the end of the night, you feel like a legend, and I go back, and I'm crashing on the floor on this air <laughs> mattress with fucking six holes in it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting yeah. there, like... What the fuck is happening? Very you're, humbling. You're working with Nicki Minaj and going back and sleeping on your nephew's bed. Yep. So, and then and then we uh, damn. Yeah, and and it it was because I still didn't I didn't I still didn't have the swag. I still didn't know all this stuff. Like when I walked in and she went to shake my hand, I didn't know if I was supposed to or not. And she's like, "Oh, you're just gonna not shake my hand." And I was like, "Oh, my bad. We like that now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know." And then we ended up working with Jamie Fox. I'm at Jamie Fox's crib. A couple. A year before that, I was going to do a spec where he was one of the judges. And I was mad at myself for not doing it because one of my goals was to meet Jamie Foxx by doing a spec. That's funny. Then you fast forward and I'm in his in his crib and we're sharing chips. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is really kind of like low-key happening. All the pictures are weak, by the way. Like, I didn't know how to take pictures with celebrities. What, you were then. shooting their shit? Like, no, I was like uh, taking pictures. Oh, like you took photos with them. Yeah, when they'll be like, okay, time for the time for the picture and now like okay because i'm about to stun on everybody back in high school yep. for my 10-year reunion mm -hmm. uh and then that 10-year reunion got canceled for real yeah i just didn't go to mine oh see you're a boss that's, yeah that's I was, bossed up but i think i had like 80 weddings i had to go to and i was like <laughs> man i can't keep coming back to iowa i'm not going back for this shit you know the jamie fox thing was oh remember somebody commented on the black but no cream about taking care of yourself and your mind and all these things. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed with the amount of work that I had to go. Cause I lived with the guy. I had to get up first. And, uh, I was like, you know what? This was before I lived with him though. I'm like, I need to take a moment. This is a lot. I need a moment just to chill with my family and like, just play video games with my nephew. He was like, all right, cool. I look on Instagram. They're at Jamie Foxx house at a party. Shit. It's a huge pool party at Jamie Foxx house. And I told him I'm not coming in. And instead of being like, yo, Jay, are you sure? Cause we about to go to this? He's like, all right, cool, bro. I'll just see you tomorrow. Yeah. And like, I see them. Like, he was like, damn. Oh, yeah, man. And no days off. So I was then, like, <laughs> but yeah, so you're doing all that, um, which then you met. Did you not meet Listerman from through that? Oh uh, yeah. I've been hitting, I've been back in Bolingbrook. Like the grind is real. And, our stuff might be a little more dated that Ben and I are telling you because when we was coming up, it was a little while ago. But even though it's not that long ago, like technology still has changed. So I was looking up people on their websites. I saw I saw Riveting. I was like, I asked to be Andrew's friend on Facebook. He said, yeah. So I'm messaging him. I messaged him for like 
five, like three years, three or four years before I move out here. I messaged him when I moved out here, you know, and a lot of times there'll be huge gaps where he didn't respond. Cause right. like I'm a stranger. He doesn't know who I am. And so people know Andrew is the owner of the company riveting. So, yes. And they're crushing the music video world. Oh yeah. He's like the biggest music Probably video producer at the time. Kids. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but I kept hitting him up, and when I first moved out there, out here, you know what I mean. He responded once, but like that was it. And then I'm with Cosine, and we got a session at Chris Brown's studio, and I walk in, and then there's Andrew Listerman and Cal Scrooby. How who's, funny who's is a that? Homie shit? Now. Yeah. And I'm Damn. like Andrew, and he looks at me. He's like, Jr. Like you recognize like, hey, from Facebook? Yes. That's crazy, huh? I was like, this dude knows who I am. So he's like, how's it going? And and um. From that relationship, I had to tell I had to tell Costa. I'm like, yo, that's one of the biggest music video producers. Like he does all of Chris's. I think that's probably your strength too, Ben. Like when you know the stuff and you're around the people, you can use that to your advantage. Oh right. Like I know that this is the producer that does Chris Brown's video. This is the good contact to have. Mm-hmm. He was pushing Cal at the time. And so that connection between Cosine and Cal kind of happened. So Cal started coming through to the studio to record. Oh, dope. That's how me and Cal, uh, Cal yeah, and I homies. became friends. And then, uh, and then like I had to get Listerman's number to make this kind of happen. Right, right, right. So then when I got fired from being an assistant, because you were trash. Yeah, because I was. Hey, trash. did you get fired after the airport thing? No, I didn't get fired after the airport thing. I got fired because I got, uh, I got into it with somebody. <laughs> I'll just say that. I got into it with somebody, right. and he was like, bro, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. I got to fire you. I was like, cool. Damn. But, um, Are you still cool with them? Oh, well, yeah. I'm cool with everybody. I'm cool oh. with everybody. Uh, but what <laughs> I learned from that is, like, my friend Zach, who's an engineer, told me, he said, people remove themselves from the situation. He's like, you don't have to worry a lot. Of time. Too many times we try to force ourselves into situations or out of situations. But people will remove themselves. If you're, you're not supposed to be an assistant, JR, so you're not going to, it's not going to last. Right. And before then, I've been telling my friend, like, I can't do this past October or December anyway. Right. So things happen in the universe to remove you from that situation if you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. not supposed to be there. So after I got fired, I hit up, I had Andrew's number. Oh. I, I text Andrew like, hey, I would like to, do you have any job openings? They're like, not really, but kind of. And uh, and Cosign actually co-signed for me. Uh-huh. But, uh, no <laughs> That's tight. Yeah. And he was like, you know what, like, you cool, JR. I, yeah. I, would, I would call Andrew and I'll tell him that you're a hard worker. Now, if you mess up over there, I, it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, cool, bro. All I need is like an opportunity. That's tight. And so my other little sister moved out here. My little sister moved out here. I had to end up sleeping on her couch. God now I'm man. sleeping on my little sister's couch, unemployed. I didn't apply to any other place, so all I did was kept hitting up Riveting. That's all I did. Yeah. Yep. Just kept hitting up Riveting. So then you get the job. Was it an internship, or did you get like an actual part-time job or full-time job, or what was it for you? Uh, there was like, JR, uh, we might have you come in for a meeting on Monday. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I didn't hear back from them. Yeah. I just went in there with my laptop and started working. So you just pulled up, and then yeah, and then and then his assistant Nikhil was like, after like a hour or so, he was like, "Jr, um, did Andrew tell you to come here?" I'm like, "I mean, I don't know. I didn't really hear nothing back." He's like, "You can't just come here and start yeah. working." Damn, that'd be so like, funny to see you just. Pull I was up just working. <laughs> yeah, everybody just thought I was supposed to be there. What'd you work on? Just my, my own stuff. Oh, I just took my computer out and I just started working. That's funny. It's like funny. you got, and then was, I was like, "So I got to leave?" He's like, "Yeah." So then what happens? 
Uh, he had me come back, and um, he had me come back, and they ended up hiring me as a trial, and then part time. Yeah, and then I we turned that into full time. That's fucking funny, dog. You just pulled up. Yeah, it's my friend was like, "Just go." He was like, "Just go." Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Put yourself in the position. I, I make decisions on if it will sound good in a book later. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, that would sound good in a book if I just went up there and started working. <laughs> That's tight as fuck. Because, I, because it took me so long not to get out here in L.A. that I really believed that once somebody gave me the opportunity, they were going to see the benefit. I was going to be an asset to them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying to ask them for anything. I'm trying to boss them up. Right, right, So right. once we get over this whole awkwardness and you give me a chance, yeah. you're going to be so happy that you got yeah. it. So I make this, those, that makes you make decisions easier. You know what I mean? Right. Cause you know, you're going to kill it. Like when I talk to you, you're like, yeah, I'm going to kill this. Yep. You know what I mean? So you're able to be like, let me do this for you. Cause right. I'm going to kill it. But if you're not sure you're going to kill it, I don't know if I would have did that if I thought I was suck as an employee. Yeah, for sure. But you were confident in your I knew it was going to be, yeah, I know I was going to boss it up. So when, how, how long were you there before I started pulling up? I was there about a year. Okay. Because we started working on things, then we started working on the Chris Brown documentary, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is a lot on my plate to assistant edit the documentary and all Everything these other else. videos, yeah. like with me and Max and I. And, you know, Max was busy working on so I'm like, I was delegated to the documentary. I'm like, this is a, you know the documentary, it was a lot of footage coming uh, in, it was I like know. lining everything up. Yep. I was like, yo, I can't do this. I'm like, Sandler, you gotta get you you gotta get somebody else to come in here. Quit. Anyway. Coincidentally, I moved to LA and I'm chilling. <laughs> and Andrew had just because I think he had started editing the intro of the doc. Like he had shot out you guys went out, shot interviews or whatever, and he just started piecing it together with the first interview with Chris right. and all shit. And so when I got there, he was like, yo, come to the office and check this out. Just cause I, you know, right. I'm in there, friends with his girlfriend at the time. So it's like, come on. So we go in and I sit down. He plays me like the first three minutes. I'm like, yo, that's fucking dope. And, he, and I'm just supposed to just be hanging out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, what if you did this? Oh, yeah, what yeah, about yeah. this? I started adding my two cents and then the next day, come on back. Oh, yeah. Keep coming back. And then all of yeah. a sudden I'm just there. And it goes from being assistant editor to like eventually co-editing the film with him. Yeah. And the entire, that's when I meet you because then you walk in and yep. you know, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm meeting all these people and shit, but. That, so like as you're getting to Chris's doc and things like, what are the projects you start working on? Like, who are some of the artists you first start first well, started seeing? Well, the iron the irony is, I knew a lot of these artists from when I was in the music on the music side. Mm-hmm. So like Eric Bellinger used to come to the studio all the time. Right. You know what I mean? And I had like I had his number and all the because again I was That's an it. assistant. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and you really kind of bond with people when you be in these environments with them. You know, with them writing and such. So I knew Eric. But the first project that riveting. Well, the first project I think might have been Karate with Sandler. Oh shit! If you guys, if you guys are watching, you check that video out. Just understand that this is what I was getting myself into. And this is the first video that I was on. That was (laughs) the first video set I ever went on. Moving like I hadn't even moved to LA because that's funny as dog. That's I didn't know that. Yeah. So I came to LA. I can't even show my grandma like this is what I'm working on. I was like, so so I I came out to surprise my friend for her birthday. Right. Andrew had me come and work on the sets like with him, just Mm -hmm. like to help out whatever. And I'm like going to mute. This is my first music video set ever, and it's Karate. And uh, <laughs> just search for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shout out to Sandler and his directing yeah, So vision. Sandler directed this video as basically <clears throat> these five sexy-ass Instagram t- chicks or whatever, uh, model <laughs> girls, just f- like boxing 
And they're like, not even doing karate. They're not doing karate. They're just like, like working out. Like, <laughs> they're working out and they're like just sweaty and, and sexy they, and they, like, take, they a take a shower, shower together yeah. and that's it. And it got over like a hundred million views. But but I was like, I can do graphics. And he was like, all right, Jay, I do the closing credits. And they were hard. Credit. The oh, ones you, you did those? were hard. Yeah. Because I, I remember seeing like, damn, this shit's really like a music oh, video. I tried to stun on them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. We both worked on that together. And it was working on. do anything, but. Max and I was working on Eric Bellinger's video shot by Daniel. And, um. I was like, Max, we can do VFX. And Max was like, we do a little bit of, it, bit of VFX, but it's hard convincing everybody we can do this stuff because they kept outsourcing everything. Right, right. So was, I was like, Max, I think we can do this. Let's, and luckily, they shot on a huge overcast day. And I was like, we can do we was like, we can do the sky replacements. Daniel was like, all right, cool. That's how he does right. it. like, all right, cool. Yeah, you yeah. guys can do it. You, you can do it. <laughs> and I was like, like, dope. So Daniel let us do it. So me and Max spent so much time. Now that I look back on it, like, you're supposed to have things budgeted. You're supposed to, but when you're ignorant out here, you're just like, we're gonna kill it. Yeah, you just we, wanna make cool shit. We did all the sky replacements, and that's when they started realizing that we can do some VFX. Mm -hmm. So one of the next videos to come up was Ariana Grande one last time. Mm. Then the director came in, uh, and Max. you know, yeah, Max Landis. I just met him at a party last weekend. Oh, right. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's pretty dope. Really funny. And he was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but. I convinced them that I could VFX supervise the project. <laughs> I don't. I forgot. There's a gap there somewhere, but somehow or another, I was a. I was in charge of supervising because Ariana Grande was doing her tour visuals and was doing the music video. Mm -hmm. And so, this is what people also need to know: our hustle out here be like legit. Like you can be talented, but if you're not mixing that with the hustle part of it. Good conversations, the right wordage, the yeah. time to speak, all that shit. So when they were like, uh, the director is doing a run through, like, yes, I'm going. You know what I mean? I'm going to go through the run through. So it's just me, the director, and the the DP. Right. You know what I mean? And he knows. He's like, hey, JR, you know, and now I'm building this relationship yeah. with the director. So I was the VFX supervisor on that. And I think that video could have came out stronger. But because of the politics and we had to still, they didn't trust us all the way. So we outsourced it. And oh, right, you know right. what I mean? So There's like, like a lot of stuff. working on shit. All yeah. Stuff happened. It wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. But while I was on set, I'm talking to the PAs and they're like, how long have you been out here? How long have you been? And I'm thinking like, bro, I haven't even been out. This is my first time I'm on set. Right. And I'm the VFX supervisor, you know, with Ariana Grande and, you know. And yeah. So thinking back until when I wanted to get on set as a PA through that program and I didn't get it at first. Right. And now you fast forward, I just skipped the whole Mad PA steps. step. Right. I'm just now I'm on set as a VFX supervisor. Become a super huge asset. And then we get into, then I meet you mm -hmm. and we just had fucking, I don't know what it was. Like we just had some crazy, like great conversations. Right yeah. away. So me and you clicked really hard and it was fun. Cause I would come in and I would just like, pop in the room and see you working on some shit and I'd just be like, oh, what the fuck is this? And then I'd be like, oh, that's fucking hard. I love that shit. You know, yeah. like we just had some good conversations which was, I'm glad, I'm glad. And um, what was some of the next projects you were working on during the Chris doc? Because then we, then the team, then I'm starting to help on Chris which is alleviating you. Oh, well then, well then, um, we got, they was working on that Big Sean video. Which they one? was working on that Big Sean video and I was like, I want to go to the set because I've been to Big Sean's house like three times, three or four times when I was in the music side. So I know the team. Yeah. But they didn't want me to they didn't want me to go to set because of like it was like it's you still a corporate environment stuff. even though it's uh 
payment. I'm right, still right. at work. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till I get off. But I had in my mind I was ready for the next step. I was ready to move on from, you know, technically assistant editing, even though I'm doing VFX and more stuff. So because I set that in my mind, it was like, it's time for it to happen. And I waited till I got off work. I went on set. Of course, I knew everybody. So it was like, like Mo Beats. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, hey, yeah, what's yeah. up? Shout out to Mo Beats. Yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our boy. Sean's DJ. He's the man. And then, um, and then Listerman's there. He's like, hey, JR, uh, I'm glad you came. Like, you want to edit this? Okay. I was like, yeah. And before that, the only other video I edited, I co-edited Cal Scrooby video with Daniel. Which one? Uh, Wasted. Okay, cool. So I only had a co-editing, but I was telling this one, like, I wanted to start editing. He's yeah. like, okay, you can co-edit this thing. So that was like the first video I edited technically out here. That's and he dope. introduced me to the director, Mike Carson. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Carson. And um, yeah, it it... it that video, editing it, I knew what it was about to be, but editing that video, it was Play No Games. So if you uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's Play No Games. It's a recreation of the TV show Martin. I had I did all the posts except for the color. Damn. So I did the editing, the sound, all the graphics, recreating the titles. Um, I tried to do everything I could. That but shit look fresh as fuck, too. <laughs> that and got the, nominated for a BT award. Yeah, it got yeah? nominated for a... Uh, Hip hop video of the year. Who'd you lose to? Do you remember? Um, uh, something that was crazy. Some dope video. Was it? It was either Beyonce Damn, or nominated for hip hop video of the year. Yeah, it was, it was nominated, and and that was a, f- and so it was like all of a sudden it went from, it was just it was just crazy because I used all the tools that I've been using since I was younger though. Yeah. So a lot of those times when we're in our twenties, like I want it right now. Mm-hmm. I was still learning. After Effects, I was still learning Illustrator. I was still learning how to do green screen. I still all those tools I had to pull out for that video. Yeah. Because I needed to do I did logo design. So when I had to recreate the logo, you already knew how, I knew how to do it. Isn't and they had to animate the logo in. I knew how to animate it in through After Effects. I knew how to key through After Effects. You know what I mean? I knew how to do the sound. I knew how to do all that stuff. So when I was given the opportunity, I was able to do it. And to me, it's not a coincidence that the first one I work on got nominated you know I mean? <laughs> that's not really a coincidence yeah thing. you fucking set that up for yourself and you yeah. prep man that's how important it is to study and practice and practice and practice and practice they say ten thousand hours is not a joke yeah that's very real i mean you do anything for ten thousand hours or anywhere near that or over that like you're bound to be a pro yeah you know what i mean you're bound to be a pro so shout out to them and mike carson and all and listen for giving me a uh, a chance on that yeah one. that video is really dope i'm, I'm yeah. gonna try to link to as much of the shit that we talked to in the show notes so people can find out about yeah, all this because there's some there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. The the thing that happened then we we started doing these, which was cool. So if you watch um, Chris's documentary right. on Netflix right now, selfish plug. Yep, yep. Uh, the titles. This oh, is my yeah, favorite yeah, shit because yeah, yeah. we were sitting there like me and Andrew were trying to think of like, all right, we don't want these titles to look corny, blah blah blah. And Chris is a fuck a fucking machine with like paint, yeah. like yeah. just painting his art is sick, and I'm like. I love the idea of him spray painting shit. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, how can we make a spray paint yeah. thing? And, and you were like, all right, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Was it, who did you do that with? Was that with Kavika? Uh, that was with Kavika, uh, Kavika, yeah. Yeah, so what did you do? I remember it being like the most ass-backwards way, but you guys figured out how to make it like well, look like the can was shaking. I remember I added the sounds. It was like... Oh, yeah. Well, this is a shout-out shout out to Max 
because Max, Max set it up. Too. Max helped set up the uh, the tone of us being able to do the VFX at the thing. Mm. But then he moved on from riveting, and then Kavika slept in and he came in, and he Max actually set up the transition so Kavika could come in smoothly. When Kavika came in, it was like a like you get nervous because somebody could come in, and Max was there before me. Right. You know what I mean? So we're kind of like balancing like following his lead and then him also knowing I'm dope. Right. You know, but then when Kavika comes in, it's like, okay, now I'm a little bit of the lead and Kavika, but Kavika so dope that we was able to bounce it off right. ideas off each other. And, and mind you, these, all three of these dudes are talented as fuck. So oh, this yeah, is like yeah, the yeah. dream team pulling up and leaving at the same time doing yeah. all this shit, but everyone's still homies right now. So it's cool to see everyone still like flourishing. And we have that, that I can't over uh, it enough. Like that grind because the way me and you connected, we talked about like the Midwest mentality. When you have that Midwest grind and you come out here, there was a part when I first came to LA that I kind of started moving slower. Mm. And I was like, you got to go just as hard as you were going in Bolingbrook and Chicago and you'll be straight. Dog, if, we were, if, if LA got a winter and it became fucking negative 20 oh, yeah, degrees yeah, yeah. and you had to put on a winter jacket to go outside, everyone would stay in their fucking house exactly. and no one would go out. But we exactly. pack up our shit, go out to the car, yep. start that bitch, it's freezing, and move on and do the work. That's the difference between us and these lazy yeah, it people sets, it sets your It sets your mindset. Yeah. And so with those, with those titles, it was like, all right, we're going to try. We're going to figure out a way. We figured it out. We animated it. That's when Josh, Josh just got there. Shout out to Josh. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. Damn, I forgot about that. And so he was watching how we were doing it. And when the interns are there, I, I specifically try to make sure they understand certain rules. And that rule with the paint dripping was like attention to details. Mm. It's like masking each little thing dripping down. Yeah. And then efficiency, setting it up so that you and Sandler could change the titles off quick with the colors that match the right background, you know what I mean? It was like it, the colors have to match. If right. it's Terrence J in there, if it's Auntie, whatever, yeah. all that stuff has to line up too. Right. And yeah. we always wanted everyone to have like their own color, make sure that shit always lined up on both sides perfectly. It was always the right and then, size. And then Ben was like, yo, check this out. We added a sound effect. And I was like, oh! Yeah, it's like you just <laughs> hear the little can, you know, like the spray paint can. So I just found it on YouTube, literally ripped a sound of a real dude spray painting yeah. and took the sound and it's just like... Do you mean you recreated it for copyright reasons? Nah. Okay. <laughs> nah, it's some random dude that just posted a video. I don't even know, it, you know, whatever. But man, those titles are He was hard. like, listen, he was like... <laughs> yeah, and it was sick. And it like lined up perfectly with their shit. And we were all ecstatic. And those were... Damn, I love those titles. And it's sick too because at the end of the film, it all comes full circle. Like oh, yeah. what he's working on. In the movie, you see him like working on some paint project. And, at and honestly, like that's the tough part. It's like... I had an ego back in Bolingbrook, and out here I had to learn to kind of get rid of that ego. Mm. And it's tough. So there will be times where everybody's sitting in a room, and you're throwing out ideas, and you know, like, I'm not going to get credit for this idea. By right. right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. throwing out things, and they might use it, they might not use it, or sometimes they'll use it and take it and run with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm still just getting a assistant editor credit. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird right. feeling, because okay. I don't know. Every time I'm around someone, like, now I'm – as I grow and as we build what we are building as creators, like I want to just empower everyone around me. Right, I right, feel right. like now I just want to be like, oh, fuck it. Cool. Here, yo, here, do this for us. And you can have this, like the credits at the end don't matter to me. Right, if you did right. some shit, it just, it is what it is. Cool. Right. You did that. That's Good work, bro. Yeah. That's tight as fuck. Like, everybody's not like that, man. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it just, it, 
that's the best pat on the back because sometimes you might not even get money for the work, hard work oh, you yeah, do. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you might have said some shit in that Nicki Minaj session that yeah. you might have just said something that might have been some sort of influential piece on the song, right? Mm-hmm. And you might not ever get a credit or whatever. But at the same time, that could be like turn around like, yo, JR, here's a writing credit. We ain't going to get you any money or something, but here's yeah. this. I'm, not, I'm just making shit up. But right, like right. that is the best feeling ever. So when I see that or when I've ever felt that, like, hey, here, you get this. Yeah. But for real? Yeah, man, I saw what you did. That was dope. I All think right. those type of situations taught me how to how to be a boss now. Mm. You know what I mean? I really learned. I take what people do well. I take what they do not so well. I'm like, you know, with my people, I want to make sure they feel a certain way. Right. And, you know what I mean? And and I, and part of it is because the times have changed. So because times change, these companies are trying to keep up with the with the changing times as well. True. Things are different. You yeah. know what I mean? Very so they're, they're running it like a taxi service, but this is Uber now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a different mindset and yeah. the way you treat your people is kind of different. So, um, maybe like, I think it was, were we all the way through Chris's doc and you ended up splitting from riveting and you yeah. went and did your own thing? Yeah, I think y'all was still kind of working on it, but yeah. I think we were. I feel like we weren't done yet. Whatever, yeah. we're working on a film, you split. And I remember you were like, I got to do my own thing. Like, yeah. this is very important to me. I got to do my own thing. Yeah. And you didn't really have a fucking plan. You're just like, I got to. Well, I know, I know it's tough because, you know, my girlfriend, who I'm luckily still dating now, mm-hmm. uh, she, but she was like, Okay, I know. Like, we just started dating as soon as I got, like, as soon as I started working there. Oh, like, yeah. We, we just started it. She didn't even know, like, we weren't when even. When you started working at interns? No, when I stopped working at Riveting. Or like, with we Coastal, just started. Sorry. We yeah. just started. So, she was, um, so it was kind of tougher. And that's when, like, I, you know, another setback. I had bed bugs in the crib. You know what I mean? I had to sleep out the car. But I refused to get another job. Well, okay, before we say that, and to put it in perspective, like, it was a lot of work because not only were we doing like Chris's doc, we had music videos coming oh, through. We yeah, had all kinds of projects yeah. coming through. And there was like, it was a small team internally that we were working with. So everyone was doing a, a shit ton of work. Yeah, it was right? a lot of work. Which is frustrating for you, I, I'm assuming, because yeah. you have to get, you know, you you want to perform at top quality. And sometimes that's hard to do. And then at the, at the end of it, like we talked about earlier, the kid in the, the private group asked, um, like, how important is it to like take care of yourself? Uh, Which to yeah. me is like, that seem, seems like we, such we an weren't, obvious We answer. weren't really taking care of ourselves. But I remember you struggling <laughs> a lot with it because you're like, bro, at the end of the day, like I'm exhausted. It probably isn't even safe for me to drive home right, at this point. Right. I'm like delirious. I've worked so fucking long and then I have yeah. to get right back up and do it again. Where at a certain point, I think that catches up to you and you're like, all right, I got to step back and take one for myself like you did in a, right. back then when you missed that party and and reset and when and whatever it was, you got, you did it and you reset and at that time you're like I got to do this for myself. And well, I I learned with me I was compromising a lot of what I believed in and I wasn't going to be happy if I compromised that. Mm. So it became more of a mental game now. Right. Now it's like how can you take cuz I was I was also stuck in the past and going through my own bouts of depression and like I had to learn how to take care of myself and part of that involved being around people that you want to be with and believing in your own strategy and and one of those things I had to do was let go of a lot of the baggage that I had in the past so I actually started reaching out to my ex-girlfriends and like making amends and this was huge this was huge for me because there were times where I was still like, can't believe she did this. I can't believe, and I was holding all of that in. Right. But what I decided to do was take blame for what was my fault, even if it wasn't nothing bad. Like people are cheating on each other and all. It was just I just had too much built in myself, and I know that if I have my stuff together, 
that's the only time you can really have somebody else in your life is if you have yourself kind of together. You're right, for sure. So I reached out to them and I just was like, you know what? I just want to say I'm sorry for like how things kind of happened. I wish I did things better. And even if they still had anger, I'm like, I wasn't looking for them to apologize. It was more me just trying to clear the air mm -hmm. just so I know whether it was an ex-girlfriend or ex-person I worked with or whoever, I'm clearing the slate right. with everybody. Like, I've, I've grown. We both might have did some things, but I just wanted to say in case anything ever happens, in case, like, you die and I never got to tell you this or something happens, I just want you to know, like, yo, I really enjoy what we had when we had it. I'm at this point in my life, like, I wish you, like, the best. That's dope. And, you know, because as guys, sometimes you're like, I hope they, I hope they, like, life sucks. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, I wish you the best. And, I, and so that freed my mind up, and I started wanting to only work with people that I wanted to work with, that I vibe with. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really possible. Yeah, for sure. To do they, that. Well, then in the storyline, you, you and Riveting split ways. And at the time, it was, like, difficult for you because you didn't, you don't have any clients. You've been working for another company, so you've just been chilling on your own, and you well, were going to die. Well, my it. friend Ben told me <laughs> to make sure you start networking. I did because you yeah. always quiet as fuck. Be, we'd be sitting in the office, and and like we could just be chilling or whatever. We might have worked really hard, and we'd be with the artist or something. Yeah, and like JR's like is yeah. really quiet. I didn't. Yeah, I'm like, yo, remember when you did? Uh, I was like, because when he left, I was like, don't forget, like, no, Ben would get everybody's like contact numbers and like networking, and I was just just be because quiet. Of, because I became friends with them, it was easy, and like I just why not? Like, like, hey, yo, yesterday I was at so and so house, and I pulled the drone out, and then I'm flying the drone. Like, oh, you just going and like. Bro, you like look at their Instagram. I'm with all these Instagram kids and blah blah. blah. And I'm all like, the time, bro. That's dope. I literally told Jr. I said, "Yo, remember when uh, you did that Play No Games video and you crushed it and you did it with Mike Carson and you talked yeah. about how you 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 know you talked to him every once in a while. I'm like, give him a call and go get fucking coffee. Just hit him up and get coffee. And next thing you know." Fast, yeah. I don't. I don't want to fast forward too far, but like yeah. you're fucking out there doing. You've yeah, done we're how working many, on a project now. How many Carson videos have you done with Mike Carson since then? Like plenty. Like he fucks with you heavy. Yeah, but it's just about opening up. Don't open up aggressively because I've seen people do it. I was just on set the other day and I saw a kid do it. Where it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like that's not your time to do it. But you yeah. have to. If the if you're clicking with someone, that's how friends. Like that's a friendship. And, but, and, and all creativity <laughs> is going to be benefit if you are peers. You know. But what I mean? see, my strategy is since I don't open up i have to overcompensate with actually being dope we and already I, dope fool. No, but i think it goes back to when i lost all the gigs in chicago i was so good at that part of it mm. i was landing gigs left and right and i was losing them because i didn't finish the project interesting you know what i mean so yeah. i was like i i i go hard like i have ocd i go hard either way so i'm like either i'm gonna go do the most with landing the gigs and not do the work or i have to err on the side of just bossing up with the work so hard that they'll have to come it's a balance and i gotten better at it but it's just not my personality yeah. like i have my two grandfathers one is a pastor who owned like founded a church and gets up every sunday you know and yeah, preaches. Sure. then my other one was an artist but he was so quiet and would just sit on the couch and not say anything but he was like an artist so sometimes i'm at the point where i can lead people and it's i'm way more comfortable talking to 100 people at a time but then that one on one is I don't know. And then Ben just comes in like, hey, blah blah blah, dope, blah. and they like gets on. <laughs> and then he's on their Instagram, they following him. I'm like, yo, that's dope, dude. I and I think about it too. Like, <laughs> you're fucking funny. Cause it's true. Cause you just go, hey, blah blah, blah. yo, look, yo, Chris, follow me on Instagram. I'm like, yo, what? Yeah. 
And I'm I don't, like, but uh, it's just because you figure out how to like. Not even it's there's no real hustle. Like I I literally am not. It's not like I'm like, hey bro, follow me on Instagram. Right. And I'm like, I literally did everything not to get him actually to like put him in a situation where he felt like I was asking for something. I'm like, hey, you want me to send you this video or photo or whatever? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm like, cool. Turn your airdrop on, and they'd be like, all right, cool. How do I do that? I'm like, just like this, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, I airdrop it to him, and they'd be like, hey, text me your Instagram handle. And I was like, the whole point of the airdrop thing was to avoid me asking you for your phone number because I don't want to look like I'm a fucking thirsty. Dude Look, out here. I don't I had a problem talking to girls in my class. Like I just it's awkward to me. It's always been awkward. Like I went to basketball camp and we Jordan's son was there. It's like, what do I say to Jordan's son? Like, am I trying to talk to him because he's Jordan's son? Right. Or what do I say? Because I know a lot of information about him. Like I already know his name. Yeah. I already know where he's from. Right. So it's like it's all it's always weird to me. It's not that I'm like starstruck it's just i don't know what to talk about now you know what's crazy is the other night i walked up and i knew something about this dude but i didn't know exactly who he was i didn't know if i heard it correctly yeah so i went up and andrew and i are at this party and andrew introduced me to the two dudes or whatever we're chatting or whatever and the guy's like i'm from um i'm from england or i was like talking about his accent i was like you ain't from here are you he's like eh, sometimes we live here and I'm, i heard that they do big movies yeah and i'm like of course they live in la sometimes and he's like, yeah, but we live in England and L.A., blah, blah, blah. He's like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Iowa. And he goes, go Hawkeyes. And I'm like, the fuck? Because that's like one of the biggest yeah. colleges in Iowa. He's like, I got a Hawkeyes hat and everything. And I'm like, what? And he's yeah. like, my girlfriend's from Iowa. And I'm oh, like, wow. shut the fuck wow. up. Yeah. And go to find out later, this dude directed Rogue One for Star Wars. Oh, wow. He's yeah. directed Godzilla and shit. And then me and him just have a normal ass conversation. Because I didn't find that out. I didn't find out it was Star Wars and Godzilla until the end of the conversation. <laughs> but and yeah. I do nothing. I just we just had normal conversation. But that's better. That's better to me because when I was in hip hop, where I, I wasn't a huge hip hop fan. I I would listen to like more like Sarah Bareilles and mm. Jason Mraz and all yeah. of that. And but then I'm thrown into the hip hop world, and there are people coming in. I don't even know who they are. Right. And, and there was one point where Coastline was like, "Jerry, you don't really know hip hop like yeah. that." And I was like, "No, not really." Nah. So yeah, when I like when I'll be talking to somebody, and then I become friends with them. But out in L.A., you got to be careful because there's been times where I didn't talk to somebody and then you find out who they are and yeah, then all fuck. of a sudden you want to have a conversation with them. Yeah. So like that's the other kind of catch. You're like, oh. And it's not even like I said, stars. You just want to get more information out of them. But now I'm way better at it because I kind of learned the game yeah. and it's a different environment. But when you're more like a assistant or assistant editor or something, it's, it's a little bit weird. But right, now right. as an editor and a like I'm an expert, they're coming to me for an ex expertise, yeah, yeah. and then the stuff that you can do that's not about the work, like just being yourself, that's the parts that make you that mm -hmm. make you shine. So it's more about Ben has one type of personality. If you, if I try to be Ben, it would not work because you be have hilarious. a yeah. It'd be like, hey dog, I got this. Why didn't you know? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Like, yeah, that's how I sound. Spinner? Like, nah. Business spinner. But if but I just have my unique qualities and I think some stuff is funny that's kind of lame and I kind of like the fact that it's lame yeah. and I just I just do it. I hear that. Um, okay, I want to time out real quick because I have to piss so bad, bro. All right, I we'll came straight back. from set and I was chugging water <laughs> and coffee there. So how long has it been? We're, I'm gonna pause it right now. We're gonna come right back. All right, cool. All right, <laughs> fuck, my bad. I had to pee so bad. We're it's, back. It's, it's okay, Ben. Thanks, man. Whew. This is really, I fuck with this podcast. This has been fun. Yeah, me too, man. I just, uh, 
I, I tried to play a snippet to find out where I was, what the last thing I <laughs> yeah, said, and JR thinks his voice needed to be lower. So hey, now he's going to no, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, all right. So. But anyway, so, so, all right. What I want to get to is there's one, one time, and this is back to like when we were doing so much work on mm-hmm. all these projects and just go, grinding it out. And at the time, you're sitting there in your apartment, didn't have a kitchen. I remember you said you didn't have like a kitchen. Oh, right? it was a, yeah, it was a studio and the kitchen. I couldn't even use it. It's just like a, it was so it was bad. It was bad. So then he's doing that while I'm sleeping on an air mattress. Where both of us are going back to that struggle life, just imagining a world where we could make some good money, which we weren't doing at the time. We we're just yeah, really hustling. Yeah. And um, I remember you. I remember thinking how crazy it was that you were doing some insane VFX work, mm-hmm. and. But you were so stressed out, and it was like you couldn't even be proud of what you were doing because you were so stressed out of all the work you were doing, how long you, the hours you were putting in, all this. The grind was so real, and I remember the World Series happened, and you are fucking from Chicago, and the Cubs were in the World Series. Yeah, and you couldn't, you wouldn't even go back to your apartment because you couldn't afford AC. Oh, to yeah, watch yeah. the game. So even though you didn't really want to be at work anymore, you would stay after work. To watch the game on yeah. on the internet. Well, I knew as much as I gave, like my job, that I had to get some perks, and one of the perks was, I'm about to watch this game, <laughs> and I wish somebody would come in here. Yeah, and tell me. like I'm from Chicago. It's the Cubs. They're in the playoffs. Like they're about to go to the World Series. I wish somebody would come in here and tell me, Jr., you can't watch this. Yeah, but even then, it was like seeing that. I was like, damn, that's really crazy, man, because. When I was a kid, I always, t- I literally tell your story, that story all the time. Right. I was like, we're out here trying to make something for ourselves and we'll take low paychecks to try to do it and prove it, right? Right. And put in the effort to get to where we got to be. Even though we know we're dope, but the world has to understand that we're dope. Or yeah, we and, to- it, and it's like you're getting a paycheck, but you're doing so much more than you're, you know what I mean? You could, you could just skate by and get a paycheck, mm-hmm. but we were doing five times you know yeah. the page. so we're honestly putting people in predicaments because sometimes they don't even ask for all of that yeah you know what i mean and then so like for instance ben's like i'm gonna do it behind the scenes and they're buzzing in behind the scenes what they think of behind the scenes is gonna be they don't know that this dude is bringing his drones he's bringing a ronin he's right. bringing all this other he's he's editing like this blah blah and then they see it and they're like oh my god this is crazy right. but they didn't initially Think plan of that, that. plan for nah, that at first. You that's know up what to mean? you. Then yeah. they start getting used to it, and then you're like, ah, this was kind of like a get in the door type of thing. Yeah. We can't all just keep paying, you know, the base rate. Mm-hmm. So you get into a dilemma where you're not going to do the bare minimum because you can't, like, just Ben can't possibly do something that's simple. And then they don't always want to pay for something that's crazy, but then they want something that's crazy. Right. And, and I just, like I remember, dilemma. I remember like, imagining because i knew that i mean i know what our situation was and yeah and i always said the story of like i remember watching that eminem video uh where he was falling from the building like mm-hmm. like dying you know he was just yeah. falling forever in the sky and i remember watching that and be like damn that's fucking crazy because i oh, knew yeah. that shit wasn't real yeah. i'm like how did they make it look like he really fell from that building and shit and i just imagined when i got out here that these people that created that shit would be living it in the boss ass oh house yeah, yeah, yeah and then i get there and my guy can't even oh, cook yeah. in his own kitchen yeah, <laughs> i'm like because it's just that was a struggle and that's the change in the game right there and we're like oh fuck we have to change this for ourselves like we have to work for ourselves to do this shit and when you quit oh whatever, wait 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 the the laptop we what? gotta tell them the laptop story. What was the laptop story? How I got my laptop. 
Like, oh was, shit! Yeah, Jr. <laughs> couldn't even, and I did this with the iMac. All right, Jr. What was it? You didn't have the money okay, yet, right? I, my my PC my PC died. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't sponsored by Windows anymore, so it's cool. Yeah, it, right. they died. It died, and I was like, man, I, I need to get a Mac because everybody's talking about the Mac. It's industry standard. But I went in, my credit sucked, and it was like, I don't know who can get the credit cards at Mac. I never heard anybody that actually got approved for the. I don't know. Credit. So, anyways, so there's like, all right, um. You're denied because your credit sucks, dude. Uh, I said, okay, I can get the Mac Mini. It's like $300, like the really small one. And then when I was, as I was getting it, they was like, yeah, okay, you got 14 days to return it. I was like, 14 days? It's like, yeah. It's like, even if nothing's wrong with it? They're like, yeah. It's like, well, you know, I got a, a job now that pays me every two weeks. That's 14 days. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to upgrade. After I get my check, I'm going to put another three, 400 in. And I'm going to get the next uh, Mac Mini. So I came in. That's like, you got 14 days to return it. I was like, okay. I came back every two weeks and upgraded until I got the MacBook Pro that was like $2,600. I fucking love that shit. I got, I got so good at putting everything back. I kept the plastic. I kept the box. And I went back to the store. Like, anything wrong with it? I'll be like, no. Or I'll be like... Yeah, I just need something. You know, I do video stuff. It's just not as powerful. Yeah, like, yeah. that was my go-to. And every week I went back, every two weeks, and uh, I kept going back until Life I got the mini. Life yes. hack. That's, yes. uh, I did the same shit because when I was like, <laughs> EA gave me a, uh, one of my like first editing jobs with them, and I didn't have money to mm-hmm. I, I didn't have money to spend on a computer, but I knew I couldn't do it on my current MacBook because right. it was like a MacBook for fucking college to like write essays. It wasn't definitely wasn't for editing videos and so i went to the apple store bought the best imac they had in the store right then so i could do the job did the job within 10 days returned the imac and then because the checks don't ea does like net 60 or 90 so you don't get the check for like three more months even though it's a fucking good check i wasn't gonna see that shit forever so i had to like go put it on credit come back return that shit get reimbursed And yeah, just it's like a free rental. Don't abuse it. But hey, man, but I, I, I kind of products. abused it. But I need to do what I had to do. And they make so much money. That's uh, what I'm saying. And, and I gave back to the refurbished program. Like somebody's getting nice refurbished computers. Um, and the amount of headphones I lost that probably makes up the difference. Because yeah, he- dude, thirty dollars headphones. I've spent so much money on Apple shit. Like, yeah. come on, man. I just had to do what I had to do, and I and people kind of laughed at first, but then they're like, Haha, "That's kind of genius, dude." And, and there was a video I'll try to post it in the in the thing where he comes out of the Apple Store with the MacBook Pro, oh, like yeah. he's been working his ass off to get taking this shit back. He walks out like holding it in the air, like. Well, it was at Third Street, and and one of the people on the street was playing the flute, and they're playing as Pocahontas. They're playing uh, Colors of the Wind, <laughs> and so as soon as. As soon as I it. walk out, it's just so timed up to where it goes. And like I'm holding the laptop. It was so good. I'll post that in the show notes. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> damn. I love that story. Yeah. But anyways, that's just life lessons. You got to learn how to do what you got to do to survive in this world. But yeah. JR leaves. He's at an all-time low because he doesn't have clients. He's literally like, literally, as he quits his job or leaves, he finds out his apartment's got motherfucking bed bugs. So he goes yeah. and sleeps in his car for like a week, right? And and my and my uh, and my girl was like, help me try to get rid of the bed bugs, and then she ended up getting the oh bed bugs. God. And then I'm like, I can't be with nobody with bed bugs. That's nasty. <laughs> 
Like you got bed bugs. I can't. What the hell? You had the bed bugs. No, no, mine was good now. Like she cleaned it. Oh right. But I can't believe nobody with bed bugs, dog. That's nasty. So? What'd you do? Nah, I'll stay with her. I'm like, what do you mean? No, nah, no, nah, that would be so. That would be I'm so like, you split with your girlfriend a little bit because <laughs> she, she got, got bed bugs from your ass. Like, what the fuck? Nah, so, they they kept they kept coming back. It was bad. So they Jr. gets his back. problem. He's telling the landlord. The landlord won't fucking do anything about it. Jr. It was a here. cheap place. Yeah. Yeah, he's not getting his deposit back. None of this shit. He's struggling. He's living in his car. It was super low and starts getting jobs mixing music. Right? Like that was like one of your first things was. You well, I um I just kept hitting people up that I that I worked with and um. I ref- I really refuse to – I think there's two types of people, and it really is the fight or the flight. Mm. Every time I've ever been where, I don't know, other people might quit, that's just never an option for me. I'm always going to figure it out. Right. And the fact that I have a good family and support system and everything, I know, like, this is by choice. So I never feel bad for myself because I've chosen – everything right you know what i mean it's like i'm out of my car but i could be in a place but i don't want to be at a nine to five that i don't like and be in the bed mm-hmm. i would rather be in the trunk of my car like pursuing what i need to pursue right so that i got i got gigs by working with a lot of gigs with cinema giants mike carson and i linked up again and i was working some projects with him and I refused to get another job because I knew that one of our strengths is being able to be on call. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever a situation where somebody's like, hey, can you meet for this gig? I never want to have to call off work or whatever and can't take the gig. Right. So I'd rather like eat that cost and be available to work on these things as hard as I can. So, you, so JR starts his own company. After he starts getting some work, he starts getting enough money that he could then reinvest that into a spot, which you found the illest spot out in, uh, where were we? Uh, Van Nuys. Van Nuys. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, he got an ill spot. It was like in the back of a house. They had like another house. Yeah, and like a couple of guest houses they had. Random setup. Dope. Super. Yeah. I mean, they knew what they were doing. But, I, but I, see, that's the other thing. I had to hold out. Like this game is about holding out too. Because mm-hmm. if you settle for something, then you're locked in for like six months or a year. I knew I wanted something. Now, since I'm going to be home, I need to be able to work out of my crib. I need super fast internet. I need people to be able to come over. And I just had that foresight to where I set it up. And once you get it, it's like if you build it, they will come like for real. You even told that to, I think you said your grandma, like you were talking to her. And she was like, Jay, that's a lot of money to spend on rent. You're like, I have to invest. It. I'm, I said, sense. I want to double. Like, cause she was like, are you okay? Like, are you going to move back to Chicago? I'm like, I'm going to get a place that's double what I pay. Yeah. And this was back when I just got fired. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You got fired. I said you quit. Yeah. yeah. No, All right. Like so he gets fired. fired and then literally rock bottom, decides to spend double the amount his rent was. Yeah. When he left a but normal But I didn't have job. it. Yeah, oh, have wait. It. This is the key point. Me and my friend, my best friend out here, Jesty, uh, shout out to Jesty, we both was like, we could be doing more. And we, we made a rule called Millionaire Week. Okay. And Millionaire Week, and I advise you guys to try it if you're listening. Millionaire Week is about, there's so many people that say, when I get this, I'm going to blink, right? So they say, I'm a rapper or I'm a singer. When I get, when I get signed, I'm going to sing at so-and-so. If you ask yourself, what would you do if you already got signed? Chances are you can do it now. It might be on a different scale, but chances are you can do it now. Hmm. So if you're a singer and you think that you got to do a show once you get signed, you can do shows now. Right. You might not be doing Madison Square Garden, 
but you can do a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that we were saying is, what would our lifestyle be if we had a million dollars in the bank, right? And that would be like, well, my schedule would be busy. Well, I would be working on this project and working on this project. And we just started doing that as if we already had a million dollars in the bank. Right. All of a sudden, we started getting more and more gigs and kind of killing it. And it just kept snowballing. So once you, and I think of it as a tree, because people, like you said, how do you get more clients? Everything's a branch. I like to do uh, exponential growth of, of three. So if you get one gig, you would get three gigs off of that one gig. If you kill that one gig, I think you get about three gigs For off sure. of that one. Makes sense. So we, I would just try to kill one gig. And then that client will come back or somebody will see that and that'll be three more gigs. And if you kill the next gig and you kill the next gig, then you just keep growing. So by trying to not do what I did in <laughs> Bolingbrook or Chicago, fail every type of gig, it's like take care of this gig, make it grow, and act like you already got it. Move like you already got it. Mm-hmm. It don't mean try to take helicopter rides and do all this stuff that you can't afford. Right, right, right. It just means the stuff that you're waiting on, you can do now. Just get you're it just now. BSing yourself. Fuck yeah. You Damn. can you can do it now. So you you design a, a company, and you call it no nah, nocturnal effects because this motherfucker don't sleep. No, nah, I don't sleep. And you know between me getting freelance gigs, Max getting freelance gigs, Kavika getting freelance gigs, my other guy Paul getting freelance, I'm like we should just kind of come together. Mm-hmm. But we all weren't coming together to do it. I'm like I'm just gonna do it. You, you have know to. What I mean? Yeah, I'm, sometimes you I'm, I'm just gonna. But you also have that drive, and you've already been doing it where you sold. You already said you were the seller. You could yeah. get the gigs. That yes, was your job. Yes, yes. So that, that is an art in itself, and it's not easy. And you were good at that shit. And then right. you, you knew you needed to acquire a solid team of very talented people to be able to come through. Yeah, and job. people have their strengths, and not everybody wants to be a leader or be in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I talk so much crap about other leaders, and I don't do it myself, and that's where the disconnect comes. I right. feel like I know better. But if you're just at home saying you know better than so and so, and you're not proving that you know better, right? Like that's it don't weak. matter. It that's don't matter. Weak. Yeah. But but the but the secret is the reason why people in the industry don't talk crap about other people is because they know what it actually takes to do it. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when people are barking and saying, "Man, they weak, man. They should do that," it's because you have no clue what it's like mm-hmm. to actually do it. If you sat down, if and, and and again, the general audience, that's fair criticism. But people that are trying to break into the game criticizing other people, that's kind of weak. Right. Because the stuff that goes into it, you you have no, no clue, clue. And you probably make the same decisions. And it's honestly not even that weak. So, what, like, starting this company, what are some of the credits you've done since then? Because my man's over here just recently acquired some Moon Man. Oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna say how we landed some of those gigs yeah. because I think that that's people are keep asking how do you land some of these gigs. So we'll just uh, say what were some of them, just well, so people know where you're. Oh, about so to talk we about. uh, Big Sean, uh, Light Video, we got uh, the Moon Man for it, and Logic, uh, Black Spider Man, mm-hmm. and those were both at the same time in the same category. So we got two Moon Man. In the same category, actually. Insane. But shout out to Andy Hines for uh, asking us to be on board, and and uh, the producer Jeff, and um, and uh, Lawrence Lamont, who's my boy, who directs like Big Sean stuff. Dope. And when Carson asked me to edit his moves video, uh, so I, we did. I did Big Sean moves video, and now this is when I'm in my own spot. So now I have my laptop. 
I have my setup and like, you know, Mike Carson's coming over editing and stuff. So like this is dope. Yeah. Uh then you fast forward and I, Lawrence was on the set of that and Lawrence was like, "Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this video where light comes down from the sky." Now, Lawrence and I was talking and we worked on a project that never released. Hmm. Um but see, that's also why you got to do those type of gigs because it's not always about the project. Right. It's about the connection. For sure. So we worked on a project that never released and we was talking on the set. But then when it came to the VFX, he's talking to the other VFX guys like, can you guys do this? I have a project I'm working on where the light's going to come down from the sky. And I'm thinking in my head like, we could, I could do that. Yeah. But he's not talking to me. Right. Now, this is where chess comes in because I tell you, I, I play chess. And chess helps me with the strategy. So instead of making impulse decisions that are just weak, I'm like, it's all like chess. Like be calculated and precise with your moves. So like now is not the right time. Like you said with that guy that's, that was the nauseous on set. Yeah. Now is not the right time to, hey, I could do it. Yeah. It was like, all right, put this one in my back pocket. Uh, about a month or so later, I was like, hey, Lawrence, um, didn't you say you were looking for some light effect? He was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I wanted, I wanted to take a stab at it. He was like, all right, dope. I went outside with my cell phone. I sh- it was nighttime. I shot just a plate. Just a back of a plates are just backgrounds that you put the VFX on top of. Right. So I just went around <laughs> in the street and just like recorded as if a light beam's coming down from the sky. And then I go to my computer. I do a mock up of how the light beam comes down from the sky, and it looks pretty good. Like I track the camera. Like cell phones are amazing. I track the mm-hmm. camera. Blah blah. I text it to him, and he's like, he's like, there's some changes I will make for the final one, but this is dope. Like you got the gig. Damn, just like let's go back to how spec work, <laughs> how that how that early spec game paid off. Well, because think about it, these people are going to invest in you and believe in you, and you ain't got nothing to show. It's all in your mind. You yeah. got to show them what you can do. Every you time. know what I mean? And and the fact that it was just my cell phone footage with an iMessage, and, and but it looks pretty dope. And I sent it to him like, hey, this is what, and he was like, oh, say no more, you got the gig. Have you ever posted that? I need to post that story, huh? Can I post that in my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can post I'm it. I'm going to post that I'm in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. Flag with no cream. And then... Uh, Dot com slash podcast. So then that was for lights. He asked me to edit Jump Out the Window um, for Big Sean, which he was like, I want to have him turn into a video game. He's mm-hmm. like, can you do the video game all stuff? And that's when, again, man, it's so weird talking it out now. Because Crazy, right? back when I was younger, I used to want everything. But because I went through the stuff I went through, I'm able to make these decisions now that probably wouldn't I wouldn't have made the right decision. Because right. he's like, well, can you do it? And part of me was like, oh, that's the budget for the animation? Yeah. But then the other part of me was like, but then I'm going to like, if I fail that, mm. you know what I mean? Because we haven't necessarily done it like that. Right, right, right. So I'm like, bro, like I'm already editing. We're already doing the other VFX in the video for the specific animation part. Let's outsource that, and I'll oversee what that the other animation right. yeah, yeah. company is doing. Like, so we'll oversee it. And so he's like, "Bet," and and they killed, they killed the, uh, they tight. killed that. Yeah. But but like me being on board, I knew on set like, "Hey, Sean, let me let me get 360 pictures of you so I can give it to the animation house, so they're not making a cartoon just." off of nothing right right right. you know what i mean yeah, so smart. after each show i'm like sean can i take some pictures so again with my cell phone i just have them stand there i'm like okay now 
act like you're running. It's very awkward. But I'm like, just do a running pose. So he's like, just right. fakes the running man. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. You got Big Sean acting like he's just posing for you. It looks it looks so funny on my phone because at the tight, end though. of the day, it's like, and I'm just boom. I do I do the the leading lady. I do the villain, and I give all this stuff to the animation house. And then when they're doing stuff, and then again about credits, you know, Lawrence really trusts me, and he's really open to advice. So if I say something. He's he's like oh dope okay let's right. use it you Good. know what I mean so there's parts of the, yeah there's parts of the video where you make suggestions and luckily the director likes it and mm -hmm. then they throw it in there and then we're reviewing everything so some people don't know exactly what an editor does but the director has such a big job creating the piece making the treatment shooting the project right. and then they're so attached to it that sometimes they need somebody that's a little bit removed mm -hmm. to be like all right this will kind of be dope. If we start off like this, and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's that is true. Damn. And and the part that I come from is, again, being back in Bolingbrook and seeing how it is to be a fan of it. I know what the fans are kind of looking for. Same. I know exactly how it is with yeah. artists. I'm like, I know exactly what an artist would want. Yeah, like I know what the artist would want, and and I know what the fans of that artist would want. Mm -hmm. But out here. You don't always know because you're in the bubble. Yeah. So that, you think you're doing stuff, blah, blah, blah. but I know, like I knew, play no games was gonna go because I, because my best friend's a huge Martin fan. So I know what YouTube comments are gonna be. Mm -hmm. So and I know when they're gonna say, "Oh, he sounds like another rapper," or right, "He looked funny right, in that right, shot." Right. Like I know all of those, so yeah. I can say, "This take, they're gonna kill him." In yeah. The yeah, yeah. Like, you right. Know? You know. <laughs> Damn. So now, so now the the company is starting to flourish, right? You're starting to put on these deep, these different people. You you fucking hired me to do a Spotify thing for you. Oh yeah, like yeah, hired, yeah. He's hiring everybody. Everyone apply now. Well, well, <laughs> well. With that jump out, with that light and the jump out the window, that producer Jeff was like, I got another, I got another project. And Andy Hines came on the set, and he's a director, mm -hmm. and he directed like Kanye and all these big. So he's on the set, and you know that's how I get introduced to that because as a VFX artists like we like to be on the set remember i'm like we need a supervisor on the set yeah absolutely they keep saying we could fix it in post and they spend so much money trying to fix stuff that could have been solved, solved by yeah. just moving it literally like an inch yeah. over so meeting the director on set and the producer come and say hey jr i got another project can you do it it's uh for logic and it's the teaser and then it's also the video I'm like, yeah, we could do it. And yeah. luckily I luckily I established the company before these videos. So those two videos were under the company. Which makes it look better when you say we can do it. Yeah, we like, can who's do it. we? I thought it was just you. I'm like, nah, man. I got nah, a company, bro. It's a company. Yep. Then that just appeals. It's yes. a nice appeal. Yes. And then and then uh and we did it. And then later on in the year, I'm scrolling down when the nominees come out and I'm like I don't work on that many videos. I don't. I don't. But so I'm like, ah, oh, we probably didn't get it. And then Max, he edited Bad and Bougie. Yeah. So I was like, I saw Bad and Bougie. I'm like, oh, Max, you know, congrats. Of course, Vinny Hobbs, who's like my friend, uh, my boy, he edits everything. So I know everything. he's going to get nominated. So oh, I, yeah. like, I always text him like, congrats on getting nominated. I'm just scrolling. I'm like, oh, we got one. Like, I didn't realize this was a category, the, the best video with a uh, against the system, fighting against the system. Mm. And then it was like, light. Big Sean. I was like, oh, dope. And then I kept scrolling. I was like, Black Spider-Man logic. I was like, we got two. That's crazy. We got two nominations and then they won. So Damn. I was like, 
I remember when you and Kavika were talking about it, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. But that light, if I would have never went out with my phone and and shot a test sample and sent it to the director, I wouldn't have landed that gig. That's crazy, right? And, and you know, that the editor killed it. Like, she's super dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there are some times where you feel like you also could have edited, you know what I mean, depending on either who got there first or where they were when they were talking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that editor is super dope. She killed it, but I didn't edit, you know, I didn't edit that one. So I wouldn't have gotten the editing credit or any credit, right. you know, That's on that crazy. one. So luckily we did the VFX. Work hard, people. That's the moral of this motherfucking story. Put in the goddamn effort. You have to put in the effort, otherwise you're weak. Yeah. You're weak and you don't deserve to be here. And, and, and get outside your comfort level. Every time. Because that project, we did the test of the lights. And there were times where they were like, it's not quite there yet. And Sean was like, he doesn't want to put out something that he knows it could be better. He doesn't want to just put it out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like okay or it's good. He's like, no, let's just take the time. Mm-hmm. And luckily he did that. So, um, but this is something for the for listeners to know, especially the younger generation. Technology's changed. I'm sending these off of my laptop through iMessage to review the clips. I'm not uploading these clips to a Vimeo like Vimeo and saying blah blah blah. I'm literally doing the clip. And I'm sending it as a MP4 Hilarious. to, like, Lawrence yep. or H264. Like, you know, I'm sending it to Lawrence. Then Lawrence will, like, text it to Sean or Carson, and then they'll give me feedback. Mm-hmm. So these artists are looking off of their cell phone. That's crazy, right? To review this stuff. And at first I used to get frustrated because, you know, it was made for a big screen. But right. people watch it on their cell phone anyway. So. Yeah, you're making for phones. Damn. This is a story of J.R. Strickland. Yeah, that deadline got pushed back so many times, but we finally, and this is where you humble yourself because I was too close to it, and I was frustrated every time somebody gave notes. I just asked my girlfriend, like, can you take a look at this and tell me what about these light beams just doesn't look right or feel right? Yeah. And she's like, I think it's, uh, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll incorporate that. Right. And I was like, oh, that was a great note. There's also one thing. This is the last one because I want to get to the comment. We're, oh, yeah, we're about yeah, yeah. to run out of time. I want to. I want some people in the private group ask you questions. But I also just want to go back to. I remember when we were doing one of Chris's videos and you had to do VFX. Uh, shit, I don't remember which one it was. Liquor and Liquor, zero. Liquor and zero, which were the first ones of that entire <coughs> royalty series, which we got nominated for VMA. Yes, yes. Which is cool. And so you did the VFX, and I remember you had to like paint out. Um, a bunch of logos and shit for branding purposes or whatever oh, copyright yeah, yeah. stuff, and it was dope because Jr. fucking slid in oh, his yeah. niece. Was it your niece? My my uh, my god sister's daughter, so like my uh, god niece. She loves Chris Brown. She's like, I love him, yeah. and I'm like, you're like in high school. Yeah, she's like, I love him. And when she found out that we were working with him and that he was coming in and you know right there while we were editing yeah. and doing all this sort of stuff. Uh, she was so excited, but I'm like, I can't FaceTime you while Chris is like no. here. Come on now. Um, so I knew her in high school will be super dope. Is if she's watching the video and she gets and she pauses it and her name is in the background. Yeah. So they're in the liquor store, and you got to post this too. For sure, going to post. They're it. in the they're in the liquor store, and uh, it's like liquor on the wall. So I have to take off the liquor on the wall and I was like okay it's a convenience store let's make it a lottery so I made it a lottery sign and it said 
lottery winners, and I put her name. <laughs> and just to be sure, I put her full name, and I put my little sister's name as well. That's so dope. And uh, and I screenshotted it. And, of course, nobody at any company knew I did this. Yeah. <laughs> but we VFX people do that all the time. Yeah, just put little, Easter eggs. Little toys. And uh, – and I screenshot it and I gave it to her and she started she started like crying when That's she found crazy. out. Crazy. She was like, Oh my god, like I'm the... and she told her friends at school, I was like, That ain't you. She's uh, like, It's my full name. Yeah. Dude, and we did it in because uh, when Kavika did the um uh in, in Chris's doc, there's a scene, it was like a YouTube we show like a YouTube screen. Yeah. And we wanted to kind of be moving around it as if we were filming the screen, but make it still look digital. So right. it's kind of funny. So we like reinvented YouTube for it and just used the clip, but we rebuilt YouTube. And then Kavika, I think, I don't know if it, if it's cropped in enough where you can see it, but we had changed all of the YouTube handles oh, in the, in the suggested videos to be like all of our Instagram handles. And you didn't put mine? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't I gotta look back now. Now I totally forgot that we did this. It was like one day where we just hadn't slept in forever. Thanks. We thought it was funny, so we plugged it. I'm but, sure you're in it. I remember like, Damn, that's hilarious. I think Shannon is in it. Like, no, see, they forgot about me. Probably forgot about Jr. But anyway, this has been sick. I, I, every time I try to make sure I can allow Black Widow Cream members to ask questions to whoever I'm talking to, and I got a few real quick. So, uh, let's just do these ones quick because I know this is I'm already pushing on this podcast. I want, I like oh, well, they could fast forward. No, I don't want them to fast forward. Fuck, this is a good podcast. I'm just saying I always try to keep it around an hour and a half, and I'm that's like my goal. We're already pushing like two hours, but ah, I this, figured. If you're trying to learn, this is a good one to listen to. All right, so I posted this shit in the Black with No Cream group. I always try to let the, like the creators like in the private group. Shout out to everybody in the group, man. That that's group right. is dope. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's come a long ways. It's been six start. Um, and we just hit a thousand members. Like not yeah. too. It's actually like eleven hundred now. But congrats. That's huge. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, they get a chance to ask questions to you. You know, direct to the to the guy. Okay. Um, wait, so, wait. You don't got a a a song for this section? Song for the, like to play music in the background. Yeah, like I told you, I don't do any post work. Bro, I record it up. I gotta record, upload this shit, look, and then leave to go I'm shoot a, an I'm event. Give you, I'm gonna give you a song. I want you to put this whenever you do this segment. Okay, your cornball. I already know what you're gonna okay. send me. Question time. What the fuck? Fuck with no cream. <laughs> Question time. Please write me that <laughs> shit. I'll start using it. No, I you swear can to just God. take that audio right there. Right just there. Take that audio. It. All right. So Trayshawn Blount. I'm going to say it like he's French. Ask me what are some of the key components. Ask him what are some of the key components a successful career in his field of work. Basically, what makes uh, what makes for good business practice for any good VFX artist? Uh, good business practice is just um, understanding the market, understanding what the client really wants and what they need. Mm -hmm. And honestly, uh, studying as much as you can to be a boss. Uh, last thing is... Get kind of a specialty, something that you're really good at that you could kind of kind of knock out the park, and you know price pretty fairly. You know what I mean? Know yeah. know when you're in high demand and know when you're in need. But study, study, study. Know more than a client. Don't get frustrated when they don't know because they're not supposed to know. That's why they hire you. Right. And just like boss up and have fun. That's good. Max VFX. Max comment on it. Hey, that's my boy. What up, Max? <laughs> Uh, Brazil wait. says, my homie Brazil, he's dope. He shoots a lot of ill wait, Mac, Wait, quick. Max got, because he edited Matt Bad and Bougie, he got a tattoo that says Bad I know, and on his finger? On his fingers, yeah. Savage. That's that's Max. Max is a savage. <laughs> and I teased him because Ariana Grande said he was rad, and he tried that like he wasn't blushing. He definitely, <laughs> he definitely started blushing. <laughs> uh, all right, so my homie Brazil, he said, um, 
Where do you think the future of VFX is going with mobile devices and tablets? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, the, the future, it's, it's hard because you got to have a medium for it. So mm-hmm. if everybody, you know, depending on how much people have the tablets and, and the, you know, the glasses, then it can only go so far. But I really think the future is going to start being in like designing and virtual reality in terms of put this chair here, put this desk here. Right. Like when you're shopping, you know what I mean? You can yeah. actually move your phone around to see what's there. It's going to be more for practical use because right. form follows function. So I don't know how much entertaining it's going to be as, as opposed to real-world situations that, makes sense. that you can uh, benefit from. So this kid, Tyler Casey, he just says Mac or PC. And I like that because we talk about investment and, and you need yep. to invest in your, in your shit. Um, and one other kid had sent me a message, Patrick. He said... Uh, would love to hear guests discuss um, how they decided investing in a gear. Not about is it the right gear, but more about the financial deci- like decision. Um, so it's cool that he's at, talking about macro PC. In my personal use, we just literally just built a PC right. uh, specifically for this documentary we're working on, but also for other projects because we're working with 6K, 8K footage. Running that off a of MacBook Pro is a bitch. You have to spend more time putting, you know, transcoding, yeah. doing all the shit. And now we just built the ideal computer for the best, you know, for that scenario. So our workflow is faster. Like it's going to empower us, not just because it looks cool and because it's cool to right. say. It's like it actually is going to help save us time. And it does, it's a fraction of the cost. I would love to have gone Mac, but. Right. I was, I was, uh, you know, like, like we talked about, I was PC so much that like I got a deal through them. Um, as, at some point, though, when you're out here, there's an industry standard and like industry standard for editing is the Mac. Uh, in terms of we and, and it's not just the Mac, it's the the iPhone that goes along with the Mac. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's having iMessage, like I said, I'm sending clips through iMessage to the director. Uh, when you take that out the equation, it's different. I can't export ProRes and be comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? Little things like that. So for a lot of that and just the navigation, I love how the Mac works, even just finding things. But for VFX, there are some programs that don't run on a Mac. Mm. And, you know, you get a bigger bang for your buck in terms of the power when it comes to a PC. Right. So I had to invest in a dope PC that I was going to build, but we, I ended up just buying it. And that's what we do, like, heavy VFX on. Right, so, right, like, right. simulations. So you kind of got to know what do you need it for and go off of that form follows function. And what was that second part to the question? Uh, equipment? Uh, yeah. Yeah, buying equipment. I used to try to keep up with the Joneses or like keep up with the new equipment that's coming out, but I wasn't, I was, I, there's too much I got to buy because I do too many things. Right. So because I do the music, the, the video, you know, b- between buying microphones and instruments and Pro Tools and Premiere and all, all, all types of gear, camera, then people having the Ronin and now all of a sudden my Steadicam is outdated. Right. Uh, I kind of learned that I, I'm I'm a hire some people that already have that stuff, that or or just rent out a red when we shoot, right. as opposed to keep trying to buy this equipment that you know. But if you're making money off of it, if you're doing BTS and you need to have a solid camera and keep up with the equipment, so it all depends on what you need. But form follows function. That's uh very fucking true. This kid, hmm, I think his name's Fabian. Fabian. Damn, I don't know how to pronounce. My mom told me I got to get better. And she listens to every podcast. It's crazy. She uh, comes back and gives me a full mom. review. Hi, Mom. I love you. Good morning. She gets ready for work. She listens to me talking. Yo, when you when you surprised them, that was that was great. 
went back. Oh, when I came, when, when I had been home, home forever. You was just in the, like, I know they had no idea. Yeah. That's a good video. Yeah, that was awesome. That should have gone viral. I'll post that in the, in the description too. Anyway, <laughs> so he said, uh, what's more fun, editing or VFX modeling? Uh, I see the, see, the thing is a lot of things get tainted because we have to do like things for, for money or for, you know what I mean? Or yeah. for, like, so a lot of times our art mixes with what we got to do to pay the bills. Right? So fun, sometimes ed- editing is, is really dope. I don't have to model so much. So sometimes when I do finally model, it's just relaxing because I know I'm just doing it for fun. Right. You know what I mean? But a lot of times I'm outsourcing that stuff. But, but VFX is dope because when you do something that people don't know how you did it, that's like such a rush. Right. But editing is dope because it's a vibe and it's a feeling. And you know, like, they're, they're both just dope, man. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's, just, it's just a feeling that you get from that's different from both of them. But they're both they're both pretty fun, and if you're not having fun with it, you need to start having fun with it or do something else. For sure, I had um, I had a few more questions that were in the direct messages and shit, but I we gotta wrap it up because I still want to post. <laughs> I need to post this shit and okay. leave for an event. Well, let's like do one one more question because right. this dude asked asked on mine. What do you say? Uh, he said, "I'll pitch a question if it's not too late. What's the most ridiculous request you've ever gotten from a client, agency, or director?" Hmm. Uh, wow. Well, you answer that one first. Most ridiculous request. Maybe it's like turnaround time or I don't know. That's a fucking good that's question. That's a good question. I might have to think about it and, and respond back in the in the message. Damn. There have been some ridiculous requests. I know one ridiculous request is when they think we have legal rights to use it and we don't. And I will tell you, okay, I got I got one that's not really ridiculous, something that just surprised me. We just worked on that uh, Beats commercial mm-hmm. with DJ Snake. And I'm watching, the, and they're like, okay, you got to do some paint outs and some cleanup. I'm like, okay, cool. But at the end, there's the Eiffel Tower. They said, we can't have the Eiffel Tower at night. Apparently, the copyright on the Eiffel Tower is free use, but at night, they added lights, and that lights was added in the mid-1900s or, or later. So that copyright hasn't ran out yet. So the lights are considered artwork. Oh, my God. So you can't show the Eiffel Tower at night. So our company had to paint out the Eiffel Tower. In so if I watch that right now, the Eiffel Tower is missing where it should be. That's crazy. Yeah, we have to paint it out. Wow. That's yep. some weird shit because, like, everyone and their mom is taking photos and videos of that shit yeah. and no issues. But if you make one You're not supposed to take photos company, either. You're not supposed to. It's copyrighted. You can't use it. That is crazy. Well, shit. That was a good convo, bro. Appreciate you coming out here. Thanks, That's man. Cool. And we I'll answer it. the other questions in the comments that we didn't. Man, we got – and this is the very beginning. That's what I love is that we've only been out here for a few years and, and everything is cooking up. And right now we're about to fuck shit up. Yes, there's so much more. If you hit me up, uh, Jr. Strickland on Instagram, DM me. I'll answer some questions and let you know some things or show you some resources. Or my website, jrstrickland.com. Yeah. Plug it. And nocturnaleffects.com. Dot com. That's and right. if you dope, send some stuff like – Put it in black with no cream because we all go through there and kind of review your stuff. And, yeah. Uh, Jarrah's there. Know, and it's good for us to get inspired as well. So Oh, yeah. There's some crazy creators in there right now. It's dope. But all right. I appreciate it. I'm going to end this shit now and go film this other thing I got to go to. It yeah. never ends, dog. But I'm going to post it before. before all I right. Go. And uh, where's the sign-off song? You want to write that one too? Black with no cream. Is no. out of here. <laughs> You're gonna give a ting ting noise. Like ting ting. And that's it. Bye. All right. Bang, 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 bang. That's it.
episode number five with JR Strickland. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Shout out to JR for jumping in, sharing his knowledge. Make sure to follow him on all platforms. I share the links in the show notes, um, which you can find at blackwindowcream.com slash podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you loved about this interview. If you want to be a part of Black Window Cream, you can sign up at blackwindowcream.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some motherfucking ill-ass Black Window Cream merch. Every sale helps me keep this alive. Subscribe to Black Window Cream. New episode every Sunday. See you next week, you bitch!